It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. It's the first Friday in March, and that means it gets serious. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling joined by the coach, Rick Marone. Joe Limville will be with us a little bit later on tonight. It's a busy time of the year, so Joe Joe needs a little extra time to get here tonight, and we know we look forward to him joining us here as well. And Coach Marone, we have the girls' state tournament pairings are set up. We've got a full guest list tonight. We've got boys' sectional play starting to wrap up. There are still some games to be played tomorrow, but the road to Charleston starting to make, basically make it to the exit ramp there to get to the Charleston Civic Center. Well, I'll tell you what, to keep on the freeway theme there, I'll tell you, uh, some teams are speeding into the postseason and really uh, have been uh, on track here the latter part of the season as we've tracked them, and uh, they've continued that on. And then there have been some surprises, Ryan, as we get into not just tonight's games, which it's a full slate of boys' sectional games, uh, recapping some of the girls' regional action from this past week, a few surprises, a few people that will not be at the big dance that were expected to be at the big dance, and then a lot of other things that have really, uh, even though that freeway is straight sometimes, there's also some twists and turns. And that's what makes it great as you see those Cinderella stories. But there are some new faces, especially at the girls' state tournament this year. We're going to have a new double-A girls' state champion. We're going to have a new triple-A girls' state champion for the first time in the history of the <laughs> yeah, show. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna, we'll go through all those matchups. We'll talk. With, we've got coaches and players lined up. We'll have to get to them as quickly as we can. But we know you want scores. We've got every score that has been of every game that's been played tonight. Let's jump right into your first basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. Again, no girls' games tonight. All the regional play is done. These are boys' sectional games tonight. Wheeling Park defeats Brook, 68-35. It was University defeating Morgantown. This was a surprise. Not that University won, but it won 56-33 over Morgantown. So next week, you've got Brook at University. You've got Morgantown at Wheeling Park Tuesday for state tournament berths. Also in Class AAA, big game in the Eastern Panhandle and the Martinsburg Bulldogs defeat Musselman 59-56. Also tonight, Jefferson defeats Washington 62-54. That means Musselman goes to Jefferson for a state tournament berth on Tuesday and Washington will go to Martinsburg. AAA Region 3, Section 1 Capital defeats George Washington 62-45. Woodrow Wilson beats Greenbrier East 64-42. So George Washington will go play at the Raleigh County Armory against Woodrow Wilson on Tuesday. And Greenbrier East will travel to Capital. Also tonight, here was a surprise in AAA Region 4, Section 1. Parkersburg South defeats Parkersburg 67-64. Patriots get the win. Also tonight, Huntington defeats Hurricane 52-44. That one will raise some eyebrows a little closer than what many would have thought. That means next week you've got Hurricane at Parkersburg South, Parkersburg at Huntington for state tournament berths. Now let's go to AA. Region 1, Section 2 tonight. Fairmont Senior defeats North Marion 94-44. The reigning state champion Polar Bears get the win. Herbert Hoover wins 
Region 2, Section 2 as the Huskies go to Weston and beat Lewis County tonight 50-43. to So Herbert Hoover forced out of their home school because of the flooding from June, playing their home games in a middle school, will now get to host a regional game. Fantastic story there. Also tonight, another surprise, not by the the winner, but by the score differential in Region 4, Section 2. Chapmanville Regional defeats Mingo Central 62-37 at a crowded Logan Fieldhouse tonight, Willie Acres Arena. Class Single A, Region 1, Section 2. Magnolia defeats St. Mary's 49-47. Region 2, Section 1, Notre Dame beats Gilmer County, 61-54. Tucker County wins Region 2, Section 2 over Pendleton County, 61-53. So you've got Gilmer County at Tucker County. You've got Pendleton County at Notre Dame next Thursday night. Region 3, Section 2, Class Single A, Greater Beckley Christian defeats Summers County, 49-46. And Region 4 is a setup for next week now. As in Section 1, Ravenswood defeats Parkersburg Catholic 54-48. And in Region 4, Section 2, St. Joe goes to Naugatuck and beats Tug Valley tonight on the road. 66-61, so you've got Parkersburg Catholic visiting the reigning state champion Irish next week in Huntington. And you've got Tug Valley making the trip to the pit in Ravenswood. That is your Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Tell you what, Brian, a lot of great matchups coming next week. Uh, and these sectionals have set the stage for some great regional matchups. Now, before we go to our first caller, I want to go ahead and just quickly go through the girls' AAA bracket because we've got a, a coach from one of the teams involved. The top seed is Huntington. It will play, they will play Spring Mills, the eight seed. That game will be Wednesday night at 7.15. Also coming up in the girls' state tournament on Thursday at 11.15 a.m., Number four seed South Charleston takes on number five seed Parkersburg. On Wednesday at 11.15 a.m., number two seed Buchanan Upshur will take on number seven seed St. Albans. Coach Scott James and the Red Dragons making it to Charleston. And in the 7.15 game on Thursday night, it will be number three seed Martinsburg going up against the number six seed Wheeling Park. That is your girls' triple A state tournament matchup we go to the phone lines now ryan young is the head coach of the wheeling park patriots and coach young first off congratulations on making it to the girls state tournament thank you i appreciate it Uh, never an easy road up in northern west virginia the triple a state championship has belonged to morgantown the last three years and the way things fell out, Morgantown came to your gym for a regional game earlier this week, and you guys were able to get the win over the Mohegans. Just tell me a little bit about that game and uh, how well your team has been playing as we've gotten into the uh, stretch run here and now going into the state tournament. Well, the game wasn't easy. We knew it wasn't going to be easy. Morgantown, uh, we knew they lost some players, but we also knew they had a lot of key kids back, including Lydia Adrian, uh, who's a phenomenal player. Uh, we knew that they were going to give us everything uh, they had, and they did. And uh, it was a back-and-forth game, honestly. And uh, towards the end of the game, we were able to make some free throws down the stretch, uh, which pretty much was the difference in the game. Uh, but we were actually uh, on a, or happy to get the win, and uh, it was just a good feeling to be able to knock off the, the three-time state champ to, to get downstate. 
seven straight wins now as you go to Charleston and that included two wins over Morgantown. 54-44 was the final in that regional game. You won your sectional championship over John Marshall, 80-25. to Your team's 18-6 and and the number six seed. I don't know if that's right or wrong in terms of how the seeding played out, but I don't think that there's an easy road anywhere in Charleston once you get there. I think just getting there is the, uh, is the key because, quite frankly, it looks like an open AAA field. Well, it's, it's difficult to get there, obviously, and it, once you get there, I think you're right. It, it is wide open. If you look at all eight teams, I, I could see all eight teams making a, making a run. I think Huntington is probably the favorite at this point, um, but I, I, I look at all the teams that, that qualify for the state tournament, and I could see uh, each of the teams uh, bring something different to the table, and I think it's just going to be a matter of who plays well and who gets hot, and it's going to be fun. Well, Coach, also with the with the tournament set up and, and with your team getting uh, a sixth seed in the tournament and taking on number three seed Martinsburg, uh, that game is an evening game on Thursday. So the way the tournament set up for AAA, the one and two seeds play on Wednesday. They get an extra day's rest theoretically if they whoever wins those games gets an extra day's rest. Is that of any concern? Knowing that to get to where you want to go, that's three games in three days. Uh, yeah, we looked at that. Uh, I'm not sure why they set it up that way, but honestly, it, it doesn't matter to us. I think at this point, uh, you know, when you're in those games, I don't think it's going to matter how many days you play in a row at this point. Uh, we're just happy to to be there, and, and if we get the opportunity to play um, after the first game and second game, then, then we'll be uh, – I think our legs will be fine. I don't think it will be a concern. But uh, like I said, I think anybody uh, that – we're going to play against is going to be uh, a challenge. Martinsburg, if you look at them, uh, they obviously have a, a great record in 23 and 2. Uh, have beaten Morgantown twice, and uh, their only two losses have come against two uh, great double A teams. So we know that's going to be a challenge, and we're just going to take it one game at a time and, and go from there. Coach Young, Coach Marone here, and congratulations on getting to the state. Uh, you know, the AAA regionals are on Tuesday, and then you've got off until next Thursday. Uh, as far as from a preparation, I know you can heal up and kind of get rested up and ready to go, but uh, is that something that you have to plan a little different for? Because I know how games can kind of flow together, and then you've, you've basically got over a week to get ready for the biggest one of the year. Yeah, it's not easy right now as far as practice. I was a little concerned about how our kids would come in. And uh, to be honest, I couldn't be happier with them the last couple of days. Uh, we tried to mix them up as much as possible for them uh, as far as what we do in practice. And as we get closer to the game, we'll focus more on Martinsburg. Uh, but right now we're just trying to fine-tune the skills and, and trying to make competition and practice uh, the best we can. And uh, trying to avoid injury, obviously, that's one of the concerns, too. But uh, at the same time, you got to just keep playing, and, and hopefully uh, by the time we get next week, we'll we'll be ready and healthy and ready for Martinsburg. Well, Coach, just backing up through your season here, and then we'll let you go, but uh, early in the year, you had a three-game losing streak with losses to Spring Mills, Morgantown, Parkersburg South. Those are all good teams. But you were able to – actually, you lost twice to Morgantown before beating them twice uh, later on. What was the turning point? Because you avenged each of those losses and did so in somewhat dominating fashion. Well, I think, I mean, everybody knows basketball in December is going to look different than it is in, 
January, February, and, and definitely March. Uh, I mean, one of the keys for sure is uh, we were maybe missing some kids earlier on, and uh, we got healthy as the season went on. And I, I think just you just saw growth in the team too. So uh, I think the more and more we won, uh, especially against teams that uh, were were good teams, that the kids feel confidence and. By the time we played these teams uh, second, third time around, uh, they were they were more prepared, and hopefully we can carry that over to Charleston next week. Coach Ryan Young of the Wheeling Park Patriots girls basketball team, the number six seed in the girls' AAA state tournament. They'll take on number three seed Martinsburg. That game will be Thursday night, 7-15th, Charleston Civic Center Coliseum. Congratulations again on making the state tournament. Wish you the best of luck next week, and we'll hopefully get to see you at some point during the tournament. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Once again, Ryan Young, head coach of the Wheeling Park Patriots. I'll tell you what, Coach Marone, that's a team that's played really good ball down the stretch. I mentioned those three losses early in the season in consecutive games. They beat all three of those teams by double figures later in the season. Something has clicked <laughs> in Wheeling. Well, I'll tell you what, Ryan, we talk about it all the time, but uh, at the end of the year, some teams are really clicking. The chemistry comes together, and you can just feel it. It's almost palpable where you take it to another level. And Coach Young has done a great job there. And as you mentioned, when you see that growth from beginning to end, they're a dangerous team. I know it's wide open. He mentioned Huntington High is probably getting most people's nod in that triple-A bracket. But I tell you what, Wheeling Park is coming in on a hot streak, and I wouldn't count them out. Well, going right back to the phone lines, we go to Lynn Frederick. He's a public address announcer for Gilmer County Boys and Girls, the girls making it back to the state tournament. And let me before we get to Dylan here, let me give me one second here to set the field for the single-A girls state tournament and uh, set the schedule for that. All quarterfinal games are on Wednesday at the Charleston Civic Center. The number one seed is Summers County. The Bobcats play Charleston Catholic, the eight seed at 530. The number two seed is Willing Central. The Maroon Knights take on Ritchie County at 1 o'clock. Also, the three seed is Tucker County. They'll take on six seed Williamstown at 930 Wednesday morning. That's the opening game of the tournament. And the nightcap... Wednesday night is a fascinating one. It's a rematch of last year's Class A title game. Number four seed Gilmer County, number five seed St. Joe. They'll play at 9 p.m. Now we go to the phone line to Lynn Frederick. And Lynn, that's uh, quite the matchup in Charleston right off the bat for the Lady Titans. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think it's any uh, I think it gets any tougher than that. We, we kind of look at that like we might have got the uh, toughest draw in the whole bracket right there for a couple of reasons. I mean, obviously, Huntington St. Joe's is a great team, uh, but also um, they, they will be more than likely a little extra hungry for us given what happened last year. And uh, I don't think that our girls will lack hunger by any means, but uh, it, it's definitely interesting, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Gilmer County getting back to the state term as Joe Linville joins us here on the program as well in studio. And but Gilmer County getting back to the state tournament and with uh, with some girls with some experience now and in many ways for them the mystique of St. Joe who had won seven consecutive Class A state titles. I think this is a maybe at least one of the few teams right now in Class A that doesn't go in afraid, goes in with confidence. Right. We, I, will, I mean, there's not been a lot of teams that have been able to get the better of them um, over the years. I, I don't remember. I don't 
know how long it had been since they had lost to a West Virginia school before uh, we beat them last year in the championship. And uh, they only lost two this year, and they were both uh, pretty good double-A teams. So uh, they are, they're not accustomed to, to taking too many challenges in state. But uh, our girls, uh, they've been there, and they've dealt with them, and they definitely know that they, uh, that they can win. And, uh, we're going down there expecting to win. We're not going down there uh, happy just to be back. Tough loss tonight for the Gilmer County boys to Notre Dame in the Region 2 Section 1 title game, 61-54. Notre Dame is excellent. That was a close ball game. Gilmer County is very good as well, obviously 20-4 and now on the season. And uh, even with that record, we'll have to make the trip up on the mountaintop above Parsons to try to get out of uh, regional play and to get to Charleston as well. Yes, sir. Uh, to follow up on what you said, uh we feel that Notre Dame is the best team we saw this year. Uh, they, they have a lot of talent. Uh, the West kids, phenomenal. Of course, he's Division One talent. Uh, but they have, they have a, a great basketball team. Uh, we, we saw some of the better teams in the state this year, uh, Ravenswood and Wheeling Central and Notre Dame firsthand. And uh, we played competitively with all three of them. So, um we have a tough draw going up to Tucker County. We've seen them once earlier this year. Uh, we beat them down in uh, Glenville during the Ioga tournament, and uh, they have a good team, and uh, they'll be a little extra hype, I'm sure, in their gym. But uh, we know that we're capable of beating them, and uh, we'll go up there and try to make the trip to Charleston. Fun and busy time of year, Len Frederick. Best wishes to uh, your Gilmer County Titans. Thank you. All right, that's Lynn Frederick, PA announcer for Gilmer County Boys and Girls. And now let me set up the double-A field. Joe, we'll, we'll talk with you in a moment. Go I ahead. Apologize. Go ahead. That's uh, all right. I'm catching my breath. Set up the girls' double-A <laughs> field for these games are all Thursday in the quarterfinal round. I'll give you these in just the order that they'll be played in. Uh, the 3-6 game, number three seed North Marion takes on Polka at 9.30 on Thursday morning, Polka, the sixth seed, making it back to the state tournament for the first time in 18 years after going to Mingo Central and winning in the regional. Also, it will be a game at 1 o'clock on Thursday between number two seed Fairmont Senior and number seven seed Bridgeport. Boy, those two teams never play each other, do they? <laughs> uh, also, number four seed Winfield. And this is the nightcap. I skipped ahead of a game here, but the nightcap uh, Wednesday, number four seed Winfield against number five Lincoln. That should be a great ball game. And a rematch of a sectional championship game will take place at 5.30 at the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum on Thursday evening when number 8 Riverview takes on number 1 Bluefield. Tony Malamachi is the head coach of the Beavers. He joins us now on the program. And first off, Coach Malamachi, congratulations on not only making the state tournament but drawing the number 1 seat. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Had a chance to see your team on that floor against St. Joe earlier this year, a game in which your team trailed for a, a large portion of it, kind of took a haymaker out of the gate, trailed by eight points uh, early in the first quarter, and came back and won that game. And, and I saw watching that team, I thought that's a really good Class AA team. And nonetheless, uh, you end up in a regional game where you have to play the reigning state champions Wyoming East, the way things fell out. But you got him in the Brushwork Armory, and you took care of business to get to Charleston. And I know you don't want to look back, but it seems like you're just kind of playing in a cycle now because now you get Riverview again. Yeah, it's been a strange tournament so far. You know, all along we kind of thought that uh, we would be facing Westside, and then they uh, pulled the upset over Wyoming East, and then so we had to you know, re-gear 
and focus on them. And then, then it turns around and Riverview upsets Westside. So now we got to, you know, change some focus there and, and start getting ready for Riverview. But, yeah, we played them in the sectional, and uh, they didn't have one of their best players that night. They didn't have the Dobbski. I think she might have played two minutes. She's a post player, a very good player. And then the, the Roberts kid, the point guard, I don't think she played at all in the second half. So they'll, they'll be at full strength. And we had one player out, uh, Danny Janitolo. She didn't play at all that game. She had a sprained ankle. So both teams will, will look a little bit different. And uh, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a, a pretty good game. Your ball club coming in with a 21-2 and record. Your two losses were to single-A number one Summers County and to uh, Wyoming East in the regular season game, a game that was uh, – that got spread out toward the end, but one that was very tight through three quarters. And um, your ball club has built over the past couple of years into this. This isn't a one-year thing. I know you've got some good young players too, but do you feel any pressure of expectation now versus just celebration of getting there? Yeah, because last time we came up, it was two years ago. We, you know, we I think we just got too happy with just being there. But this time, you know, we want to advance. And um, we knew the Wyoming East game was going to be tough. The game down there, we got in foul trouble and, and, and played poorly. But uh, So I thought we had a real good chance to beat them up here. And then uh, looking forward, you know, we don't, we're not going to be satisfied with just, you know, getting there. We want to advance. And uh, the kids are dedicated. And I think they understand uh you know, they need to have their focus the whole time and not just be satisfied. Well, Coach, without going into too much detail, after watching your ball club play in person in that win over St. Joe earlier this year at the Little General Shootout, the Big House, I specifically remember going, that is a well-coached basketball team. We congratulate you on a fantastic season to this point. We know that uh, this isn't the end of the road for you guys. Wish you the best of luck in the state tournament play next week. Appreciate it. Now, that St. Joe's team is a very good team. And uh, I tell you, in the single A, Summers County, the last half of the season, they have really came on. So that that would be, if they, if they meet, that's going to be a heck of a game. Uh, you know, and I'll ask this for you, too. I know when, when you're in the tournament, your, your sole focus is your team. But, I mean, you can't help but also know the team surrounding you and your area, maybe in different classifications, playing. And, you know, you've got a Gilmer County-St. Joe game right off the bat. And Summers County also right in the thick on the same side of the bracket as those two. I've got to think you might just at least maybe you know sneak a peek over to see how that's going as well. Yeah, especially with uh, you know Summers County was in our region for years, and they and we battled them in the regional I think probably three or four times in the past year. So we you know we got to know them pretty well. So we do always try to you know keep an eye on them and interested in, in seeing you know what they're going to do. So yeah, we. Even though our primary focus is us, we still like to look at some other games and, you know, going around. Coach, once again, congratulations. Thank you. That's Tony Malamachi, head coach of the Bluefield Beavers girls team, the number one seed in the AA state tournament. They take on Riverview coming up on Thursday evening at 530 in Charleston. We've got to step aside take a break. When we come back, we've got Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg, Eric Little, WVVV Radio in Parkersburg, <laughs> and Jordan Mounts, WFGH Radio. 
He had Tug Valley St. Joe. All that much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. This is break number one. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit BasketballNight.com. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. You can watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. And in the next break, we'll tell you all the ways that you can watch. We do want to thank Mike Stanley. Also, the guys over at Comcast, Brad and Rob Thacker, for getting us on Comcast tonight. If you're in the Huntington area, you can tune in to Comcast Channel 25, and you can watch Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, what about all those pictures? Shannon was telling us that she's received pictures, about 140 of them, and you can see those during our breaks in the video stream. You can watch uh, all that many, many different ways. Network West Virginia Channel 2 statewide. Facebook. Go to the RSN Facebook page, and we're doing Facebook Live tonight. Periscope. Twitter at uh, Hoops Roundup. Go to Periscope. Watch us there. Armstrong. Channel 204. And if you go to BasketballNight.com, you can watch us on YouTube. Many places to watch. And also, don't forget, in the Huntington area, Comcast, Channel 25. Don't forget our poll question. You've got till 11.45 tonight. And the poll question is, should sectional championship games within be played within the same region at the same time? Yes or no? You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9.26 on a jam-packed Friday night. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville with us. Joe, welcome. Thank you. All right, that's all you get to say. We don't have time for anything. No, but, uh, we're always rough with Joe. Joe doesn't get doesn't get introduced in the uh, intro sometimes. It is what it is. But uh, but no. I, I feel like the end of the Blues Brothers movie. I, the, the the blue lights are probably circling the building out there. So. Uh, I'll tell you what, Joe. Joe helps make this show what it is, and we uh, we greatly appreciate all the time and effort he puts into it as well. A lot of that time spent on the road just to get here, and um, definitely. Uh, I actually stopped yeah, and did an errand for Marcus, and that's probably the reason I avoided the wreck out on 64, so it could have been a blessing <laughs> in disguise. Yeah, there was a very serious wreck on I-64 in the uh, Milton Hurricane kind of area of I-64 tonight, so that, that stalled some traffic uh, there, so definitely something for folks who have been out about just be careful out there tonight and always be careful obviously but um we thank you for joining us here on basketball friday night in west virginia this march 3rd 2017 the 12th nope 
13th show of the season. Two more to go after this as we take you through semifinal Friday of the boys' state tournament, which is two weeks away. The girls' state tournament starts next week. But uh, the boys' state tournament, again, beginning next week. And, or excuse me, the week after the regional play next week. But let's go right now back to the phones. Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg, voice of the Robert C. Bird Eagles. And, Bill, before we talk about Robert C. Bird, you also called a girls game uh, earlier this week, part of a, a busy stretch for you as well. Uh, broadcasters get no time off this time of year. And um, just, just tell me a little bit about North Marion, a team that, I think people know by reputation is pretty good, but I don't know if people know specifics on that. Well, guys, you know, uh, North Marion is, has been a great program for several years. Coach Parrish has built uh, a top-notch program there. I've had a chance to call a lot of his games, especially postseason games, throughout the years. But uh, this past week, a chance to see them in Philip Barber lock up. And uh, it's the same kind of story that we've seen year in, year out from him. He loves the pressure of the basketball, loves to get after it, puts up big numbers. Uh, his team's well-disciplined. Uh, he's got a lot of interchangeable girls. In the game that I saw him against uh, Philip Barber in Colt country, they jumped out to a huge 47-10 first-half lead. And uh, he, he played 14 girls, 13 of them score. They knocked down nine three-pointers, and they forced 41, uh, 41 or 42 turnovers. So that's just an idea of the kind of run-and-gun, up-tempo team that Coach Parrish has this year. If you've seen him in the past, it's very similar what he's had and uh, it's like a machine there in husky territory talking with bill nestor wpdx radio in clarksburg now let's talk about robert c bird here the eagles coming off of a sectional championship game loss to lincoln a very tough game 36 33 was the final in the region two section one final that means that uh with region two section one in class uh double a that means a trip to herbert hoover next week uh, for a state tournament berth. Yeah, guys, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm hoping to get a chance with good weather maybe to get to Edgewood's Country Club and play a little golf between those <laughs> games. So at least uh, get something out of the trip. You know what I mean? Hey, It'll probably snow. <laughs> <laughs> with, with my luck, that's probably going to be the case, guys. But, you know, looking forward to the road trip. I guess we have to embrace it because uh, it's better than uh, being done for the season. And you look back at this game against uh, Lincoln, it was a pretty tough loss. Yeah, and and obviously that was a game where if you win, you get a home game with Lewis County instead uh, going into Kanawha County, making the trip almost all the way to Charleston. I know that's a road that Robert C. Bird would like to travel a couple of times here in in the next couple of weeks. But um, Herbert Hoover, new to the region, that's uh, basically a brand-new opponent from that standpoint for the Eagles. Matter of fact, guys, uh, we've never played at Herbert Hoover uh, ever in, in the uh, school's existence. And so it's going to be a new uh, opportunity for the Flango team. And really, they've got to find a way to uh, to regroup coming off of that tough loss against uh, Lincoln. You know, they played two games this week, the Flango's dead, fellas, and they uh, beat Elkins on Tuesday, scoring 60 points. And then they lose on Thursday, scoring just 33. So half the point production. And the majority of that reason was because of a great 2-3 zone from Lincoln. Uh, you know, Coach Andy Serene, who has a state championship under his belt from his former days as the uh, boys coach at North Marion, is on the uh, staff there at Lincoln. He and Jordan Toth, and matter of fact, Toth has a great staff there. And so they devised a great game plan and came up with a big win. They get to stay in Harrison County and host, and the Flying Eagles, well, on the road again. 
So Robert C. Bird at Herbert Hoover next week. And um, Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio. Take a little bit of a break now for a couple <laughs> days, right? Yeah, guys. You know, I'll tell you what. Last week talking to you, I had three straight games and got a chance to talk to you. I mean, I, sinuses were beating me up. It was a rough <laughs> week. This week, three more in a row. But, hey, guys, there's nothing like it. Like you said, no rest during this time of year. And I'd rather have more to do than less, if you know what I mean. So, hey, looking forward to, to next week and getting into the games that, that matter the most. It's it's back to that uh, uh, win or go home kind of thing. So we're looking forward to it. And uh, always enjoy talking to you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Always a pleasure. That's Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. Right back to the phones. We'll get to Eric Little in a moment. We'll get to Jordan Mounts in a moment. Right now we want to have Corey Hines head coach of the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears girls basketball team, the number two seat in the Class AA state tournament. Coach Hines, congratulations on making yet another trip into Charleston. Hey, guys. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. The last time we spoke, if I'm not mistaken, you were you were stuck on the interstate in a, in a snowstorm last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the weather conditions are a little bit better in my home, so it's cool right now. <laughs> yeah, but we, I was, was in a snowstorm, so I told you to make sure you tell my mom that I love her in case I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. well, Coach Hines, your, your road to Charleston, uh, let, let me back up here a little bit. Um, I think a game that, that, that turned out to mean something happened on February 16th. Your team went to Frankfurt and fell behind pretty big to the Falcons in the first half, came back and won that game by eight points. That ended up being the same matchup you had in the regional game. You pick up a 13-point win over Frankfurt. Was there something that switched on for your team at halftime in a short gap? Um, yeah, my coaches and myself probably got a little bit loud. We <laughs> It was a little different conversation. Uh, I think what happens sometimes, man, um, and in any athletics, is like people have a tendency to get comfortable, and you stop doing some of the things that got you to that point. And um, I mean, we took the bus ride. I think some of the girls came in with the attitude that the game was already won before we went out there on the floor. And you always want your players to be confident, but you have to go out on the floor and perform. And Frankfurt, uh, you know. Uh, came out and played a one. They played a great game. They came out and you know they they get jumped on us early. But what it reminded us was that you know no team in the state is a pushover and no one's going to lay down um, just because you have Fairmont Senior on your chest. You have to do some of the things that the other players that came before you did to get you know that recognition. And um, so our girls, you know, they thought about it a little bit and you know, and we we'll, we'll say that we had a you know. Heated one-way conversation because I know we talked and they listened. So when the situation that they was able to give any good response, the only response they can give was out there on the floor. And they went in the second half and um, man, they played played great. Uh, we was able to apply pressure. Um, we was able to get in transition and we rebounded. Um, we was getting the shots that we wanted in the first half, but we were not. We was not hitting the boards. Uh, so in the second half, man. Um, Abby Staller was rebounding like a woman possessed, and Anissa Jordan, they were hitting them boards, and Abby Faulkner, and, you know, of course, Erica Bowe. Um, so they all, you know, in, they came together as a collective unit, and we was able to get out of that place with that eight-point victory. So coming in, we knew that they were going to play us tough again. Um, 
and they did. They played us tough. I mean, we won by 13, but, you know, uh, actually, I tell people it should have been 15. We turned the ball over at the <laughs> very last few seconds, but uh, they came and played us tough. So it just reminded us, man, you got to come ready to play every game. Familiar opponent in the state tournament as your ball club will take on Bridgeport Wednesday at 1 o'clock. Fairmont Senior in Bridgeport in a state tournament doesn't seem like – I mean, it feels like every sport now – these two programs end up getting together on a big stage. <laughs> yes, they do. And um, I'm just one of them coaches that's very thankful that, you know, Mickey Glenn graduated several years ago. <laughs> like when you come to play in Bridgeport, man. Bridgeport's one of them teams, man. Um, and Coach Huston's done a great job with them. Um, they play really good defense. They come out and, and you know, they, 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 they play you hard. And, and it, it seems to me it doesn't matter who's at the helm. I mean, like Coach Marshall in years past, did a wonderful job establishing that program, him and Paul Ayers. And then Coach Hudson took over, and he did. he's doing a great job also. So we know we're going to have a tough opponent, and we got to come ready to play. Coach Hines, best of luck next week to you and the Polar Bears. Hey, thank you very much, guys. That's, Co- that's Coach Corey Hines, head coach of the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears. We step aside for our second break. When we come back, we've got some boys basketball in the, in the queue, so to speak. Eric Little. We'll talk Parkersburg, Parkersburg South tonight. Jordan Mounts will talk Tug Valley, St. Joe. Matt Miller will talk Musselman, Martinsburg. All of that when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Join us online. Vote in this week's poll. You've gone till 11.45 tonight. and We'll share the voting results with you. Last week, the question was, should sectional opponents be required to play each other in the regular season? 68% of you said yes. This week's question, should sectional championship games within the same region be played at the same time yes or no go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll and you'll see the poll question on the right hand side of the page you've got till 11:45 tonight to vote and we'll share the results at the end of tonight's show we want you to become part of basketball friday night in west virginia follow us on twitter and we'll make sure to mention your name at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team's score. Give us your comments on the game. And, of course, we've got all the scores tonight. At hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. A big shout-out to some of the people following us tonight. Follow us on Twitter, and we'll mention your name. Trevor Rager just followed us. Thank you, Trevor. We appreciate that. Kane Marone, who also happens to be standing in the studio with me at the moment. Garrett Foggin, thank you, Garrett. Miss Michelle Perosic, Claire, Jesse Ivey, Madeline Leggett, Kelly Sammons, 11, Lori Reynolds, Ray Blake, Viola Dempsey, Shawnee Underwood, Jamie Vest, Jonathan Tolliver. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Join us tonight. up to 
date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9.39 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We welcome you back to the program. Ryan Epling alongside Rick Marone and Joe Linville. A heads up to all of our listeners out there. I-64 westbound closed in Milton will be for some time after a fatal crash. So uh, thoughts and prayers go out to all of those who were involved in that. That's not going to be a good story by the time that all comes out. Um, also want to send our thoughts and prayers to uh, some some folks who are, are uh, struggling tonight. I know that uh, a Glenville State College student who was a standout high school athlete in the area in, in that area multi-sport um athlete was killed in a crash earlier this week too so um it's been a rough week from that regard we don't want to bring everybody down it's a good time of the year but and also ryan uh, uh, of course our co-host bill cornwell uh and his loss this week as well we extend our condolences to him and his family Absolutely. and look forward to getting him back uh soon with us as well yeah his father passing away after um a prolonged illness but uh still just like i said you know it's something that you know reality does hit you in the face every now and then you know speaking of moving forward though uh we'll talk with eric little jordan mounts and matt miller in just a moment but first it's time for another basketballnight.com scoreboard joe will let you take the uh triple a games we'll turn coach marone loose on the double and single a games and boys action tonight Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. In AAA, it was Wheeling Park over Brook, 68-35. The University of Hawks down Morgantown, 56-33. It was Martinsburg over Musselman, 59-56. The Jefferson Cougars down Washington tonight, 62-54. In a game in Charleston, the Capital Cougars down George Washington, 62-45. It was Woodrow. Wilson, the Flying Eagles, down the Spartans of Greenbrier East, 64-42. Parkersburg, the Big Reds, come up with just three points short as Parkersburg South won the game 67-64. And it was the Huntington Highlanders downing the Hurricane Redskins tonight, 52-44. Coach? Yeah, let's jump into AA now. These are all sectional finals in Class AA. North Marion falls tonight and falls big. Fairmont Senior, 94 North Marion 44. Herbert Hoover gets a nice sectional win, 50 to 43, over the Lewis County Minutemen. Tomorrow night, a huge matchup. West Side and Wyoming East will settle the uh, score for that sectional title tomorrow night, and uh, we'll have that one uh, updated next week, of course. And Mingo Central falls tonight. Not surprising, it was a big game, but the spread was surprising. Chapmanville 62, Mingo Central 37, Magnolia. This is Class A now. Gets a nice win over St. Mary's, 49-47 over the Blue Devils. The Fighting Irish of Notre Dame get a win in Region 2 in Class A. They get a win over Gilmer County, 61-54. The Tucker County Mountain Line, 61. Pendleton County, 53. Summers County falls three points short in Region 3. Greater Beckley, the Crusaders, 49-46 winners. And Ravenswood, Mick Price's Red Devils get a 54-48 winner. Win over Parkersburg Catholic. They will host a regional in Region 4 next week. And St. Joe goes on the road to Naugatuck tonight. They get a big win, 66-61 over Tug Valley. They'll get to host a regional next week as well. That's your BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Big game in the AAA sectional tournament tonight was Parkersburg falling to Parkersburg South. Eric Little, WVVV Radio in Parkersburg. 
joins us now. And Eric, the Big Reds had beaten the Patriots twice this year, once by 34 points. And the second was a three-point game. It was obviously a close game. Uh, Tonight, though, Parkersburg South gets the big win and forces Parkersburg to make a road trip for the regional. Yeah, the second quarter was the turning point tonight for the Patriots. They outscored PHS 32-6. PHS had an 8-0 run that ended when South really mishandled the first or the the final 30 seconds plus of the first quarter, and that 8-0 run carried into the second quarter. After that, Parkersburg South finished the first half on a 32-13 run. The Patriots just overwhelmed uh, Parkersburg uh, high. It was an 8-point lead early in the second quarter for Parkersburg High, and by the early point, about a minute into the third quarter, South had built that up to about a 13-point lead. Uh, PHS whittled it down. It was tied up again at 44 in the second half. But Parkersburg South uh, just didn't get down on themselves and uh, built that lead back up and held on the final minutes. Seth Fallon hit three or four free throws on two separate trips in the final minute. That decided as the Patriots got the 67-64 win, their 23rd sectional championship in school history. Outstanding win tonight for the Patriots and a home game now coming up in regional play on Tuesday night as uh, they will play host to Hurricane. Meanwhile, Parkersburg goes to Huntington. And I've got to think that uh, I think Parkersburg South saw this as an opportunity to um, avoid Huntington at this point to get to Charleston, get on the big floor, and um, to get a home game is a big deal. But let's talk about Parkersburg for just a second here. The Big Reds had such a fantastic middle portion of the season, and Eric kind of limped toward the finish line a little bit. Yeah, they played some really good teams down the stretch. I know they have a loss in there to Woodrow, a loss to Muslimen, uh, win versus Spring Valley. They're a good team, too, uh, in the MSAC, uh, MSAC seventh place game. It's a good Parkersburg team. Uh, they've been off for almost two weeks. They played their last regular season game, the 20th, and then getting the bye in the semifinals all the way to the sectional finals. So they, they hadn't played in nearly you know, two weeks. So you wonder if they were rusty. I know Jeff Manila was quoted in the local paper here. Uh, saying that he thought his team lacked some energy uh, in that final game of that uh, three or four game stretch. And he said they had lacked uh, some energy in those last three or four games. I don't know if that's something that carried over tonight. Of course, you know, when you have that much time off, it's really a reset of your season, essentially. But I thought they looked pretty good tonight. If you don't have energy for a rivalry game, for one, uh, what are you doing? And uh, if you don't have energy for a game that can get you to host a regional final, and again, what are you doing? But I don't think that was the issue tonight for the for the Big Reds. Uh, this was just an intense game, uh, as it always is going to be between these two teams. But then you add the layer of it being for a sectional championship and that uh, regional, you know, co-hosting the regional game on Tuesday made this a huge game. So Parkersburg will go on the road to play Huntington. You said uh, Parkersburg South hosts Hurricane. A little ironic because. When Parkersburg South last played on that big fourth of Civic Center, they played Hurricane at the little general store shootout at the big house. Didn't look particularly good that night. They came off of a big win uh, the night before against Warren, Ohio. 24 hours later, looked really flat against Hurricane. Had all kinds of chances in the second half to take the lead in that game and never did it. So for Parkersburg South, not only do they avoid Huntington, like you said, but they get a Hurricane team at home that probably saw one of Parkersburg South's worst games all season. 
So it's really a two-fold benefit tonight for the Patriots. Should be a lot of fun. Eric Little, WVVV Radio in Parkersburg. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, we've got to step aside, take our third break. When we come back, we're going to rattle through a bunch of calls here with Jordan Mounts, Matt Miller, Chris Kidd, and Casey Skeens from Polka High School. We'll talk with all of those when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us. Give us a call toll-free tonight, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. We'd like to hear from you. Lots of places to listen, many places to watch. We'll tell you all the places you can listen at the top of the hour. Places you can watch include Network West Virginia, statewide on Channel 2, RSN Sports Facebook page, on Facebook Live, on Twitter at Hoops Roundup, we're on Periscope, Armstrong Cable, Channel 204 in the Tri-State area, and over in Ohio and uh, parts of Kentucky. You can go to basketballnight.com and click on watch and we're there on youtube and also tonight we are on comcast channel 25 i want to thank the guys at comcast and also mike stanley getting all that working for us we really appreciate everything they do here at basketball friday night in west virginia of course we are streaming video live from the studios at marshall university and we want you to visit basketballnight.com for video audio and the Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard. All of the scores are there, all of them in West Virginia. Visit BasketballNight.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Tweet us your comments on the games, what you think about the state championships coming up. And we want to have a shout-out to our newest follower, Ryan Ward. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9.50 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling joined by Tulsa Lady Rebels coach Rick Marone and by Joe Linville. Here in studio, we go right back to the phone lines on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. A very busy Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I might add. Jordan Mounts, WFGH Radio in Fort Gay. He had the call tonight, Tug Valley versus St. Joe. And Jordan, Tug Valley doesn't lose often in Naugatuck in the postseason. St. Joe went in there and got a win tonight, though. Yeah, you know, uh, guys, uh, the first quarter for Tug Valley is what uh, really uh, killed uh, killed the Panthers, so to speak, in this game. Uh, you know, uh, they let St. Joe get out to a, a good, a little bit of a run there at the very beginning of the game. I think they were down 10 points or something to that nature. Uh, in the first uh, few minutes of the ball game, and uh, you just uh, you just couldn't overcome it. St. Joe shot uh, shot the ball ex- extraordinarily well from uh, three point land, actually over sixty percent, according to uh, the statistics I have from uh, beyond the arc. So uh, 
definitely a, a good shooting team, but uh, just just too much in the end for Tug Valley to overcome. 66-61, the final St. Joe getting that win, and now Tug Valley will have to travel to the pit in Ravenswood. That's another one of those really difficult gymnasiums to play in and take on a Red Devils club that Tug Valley's already seen in person. They played in the Logan Fieldhouse earlier this year, and, and Ravenswood got a win in that one. So it's a familiar opponent, but it's a somewhat unfamiliar setting. Yeah, you know, uh, Tug Valley did get the chance to play Ravenswood. It was at a neutral court. Uh, not making any excuses for the Panthers. We didn't really play a very good game that day. Uh, and they were they and Ravenswood was able to walk away with a victory. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we can 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 show up in that game and uh, play a little bit better basketball and maybe make uh, maybe make that make that make that game interesting. Even though uh, even though Ravenswood will have a home home court advantage. Hey Jordan, uh, Coach Brown here. A couple quick things. One, uh, I noticed in the box, uh, of course, DeAndre Murphy for Spring Valley, or excuse me, for St. Joe, got thirty points tonight. He's been putting up huge numbers. But Tyler May held the two points for Tug Valley. I didn't know your take on that. Was uh, the the St. Joe defense designed? They had a couple other players in double figures, but Tyler May really has been a leader throughout the year. How was St. Joe able to shut him down? You know, uh, Tyler just—it uh, was just one of those games, Tyler. Uh, couldn't find his stroke there from from beyond the arc or even inside there uh, throughout the game, uh, even even so much as from the foul line, which is a very which is a rarity for the kid. He shoots in a high eighty percent range there uh, from the free throw line, and uh, it's a rarity for him to to not do well from the foul line and and, and not shoot well. But you know, uh, I just it was just one of those games. Chalk it up to bad luck or what what have you. But uh, Tyler May uh, just just couldn't get it going from the field here today. But uh, Rick, you know, I do want to I do want to mention uh, a couple other guys there from Tug Valley that did have an outstanding game. Colby Savage had an outstanding game uh, for Tug Valley. Finished uh, with a team high of 18 points, and also Garrett Brown, who was actually playing through uh, uh, a strep throat, and it uh, came away with 17 as well. So uh, two uh, two really crucial pieces there for Tug Valley uh, in the game. St. Joe defeats Tug Valley tonight, 66-61 in Naugatuck, and Tug Valley will head to Ravenswood next week while Parkersburg Catholic goes to Huntington St. Joe. Jordan Mouse of FGH Radio, voice of the Tug Valley Panthers. Thanks so much for joining us, and best of luck to your Panthers next week. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. All right, right back to the phone lines we go to Matt Miller, WRNR Radio in Martinsburg, as the Bulldogs defeat Musselman tonight, and Matt in many cases, I think uh, uh, there were some maybe some eyebrows raised over the seeding in this sectional that gave Martinsburg the top seed over Musselman. I know some folks in Musselman weren't happy with that considering their record, but uh, when these two got together tonight, it was a, an important game, not just for securing a home game in the regional, but the possibility that whoever won that game tonight, if both make it to the state tournament, would get a better seed in Charleston. Yeah, in this day and age where the sectional game doesn't quite have the same meaning it used to because it's no longer an elimination game, there was still a lot to play for for both of these teams. And I tell you, they both really laid it all on the floor. And for Cam Stevens of Musselman, I mean literally laid it on the floor. Right at the end of the third quarter, he drained a huge three that cut the Musselman deficit to 37-35 and then couldn't contain lunch on his way over to the bench as he played this 
this game stick and still scored 21 points, including six of eight from the line and that huge three-pointer. In the end, the difference in this one was Martinsburg's ability to hit their foul shots in quarter number four. They went 10 of 13 from the line in that fourth quarter, able to hold off Musselman in a 59-56 win classic ball game as one would expect when those two get together uh, at least at this point in time I think early in the season Musselman might have been the better of the two but as the season has worn along it appears that Martinsburg has played a little bit better than the Appleman down the stretch and now that Martinsburg gets that win tonight that means a home game in the regional and a a game against Washington who lost to Jefferson tonight 62-54 so the Bulldogs getting a uh, an earned home game for sure next week. Yep, and Musselman will go on the road to face Jefferson, and clearly both Martinsburg and Musselman should be favored in those two games when you look at the overall records and the fact that the the Dogs and the Applemen have beaten their opponents in those regional finals, both home and away, during the course of the regular season. So, you know, Musselman uh, now at 20 wins and four losses uh, still has that opportunity to get back to Charleston for a third straight year, and Martinsburg uh, now with that victory able to uh, get up to 16 wins and 8 losses and they clearly have that opportunity to get back to Charleston also. Matt Miller WRNR Radio, always a pleasure. Thank you. Alright, thank you very much and we don't have time to get another call just before the break. We'll, we'll get to back to the phone lines at the top of the hour where we'll talk with Chris Kidd. We'll talk with I gotta give Chris some time to like decompress after the game he called tonight. He's probably still trying to get his voice back. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I make sure that, you know, he Mom would give him an EKG or something too, just to, just to make sure <laughs> make, sure he's, okay. make sure he's okay. Yeah, we'll talk with Casey Skeens, a senior at Poca, helping leading the Lady Dots back to the state tournament as well. We'll also talk with Hope Bray, a senior at Lincoln High School, getting the Cougars back to Charleston um, as well. Guys, a whole lot to do. <laughs> One hour in the books and two hours still to go. Fastest three hours in radio. Yeah, still and, is. And the, these next uh, two hours won't be any less jam packed either. We'll step aside for a break. Like I said, when we come back, Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio, Chapmanville Mingo Central Boys Game, Casey Skeen, senior at Poga High School, Hope Bray, senior at Lincoln High School, and so much more as this very, very packed edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues along the Fast Break Sports Network. This is our fourth and final break of the hour. Two hours left to go. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including the all-new 92.5 FM WTHM LP Ravenswood Ripley. Thanks to Mike Graham, 94 Rock WRLF in Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM WIRC LP in Spencer, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 101.1 FM WVWPLP in Wayne, Knights Radio 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg 7:40 AM, 106.7 FM WHFI in Linside, 95 The Sports Vox WBES Charleston 9:50 AM. 
101.9 FM and 12.90 AM, our friends in Logan, WVOW Logan. Light Rock 93R, WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, 90.7 FM, WFGH 4K, WMTD, The Ticket, 102.3 in Hinton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Many places to watch, too. Tonight, if you're in the Huntington region, you can watch us on Comcast Channel 25, Armstrong Digital Channel 204, Statewide on Network West Virginia Channel 2, RSN Sports Facebook page, Facebook Live, and also on Periscope. Go to at hoops underscore roundup. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. 10 o'clock on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Rick Marone and Joe Linville. Happy to have you along. If you're looking for scores, go to basketballnight.com, at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. That has all the boys' sectional play from tonight. You can also go to basketballnight.com to see the girls' state tournament schedule. Speaking of that girls' state tournament, uh, coming up this week on Thursday morning, the early game, North Marion will take on Polka at 9.30. It's the first trip to the state tournament for the Dots in 18 years. And a big part of that has been Casey Skeens, a senior with the Lady Dots. She joins us now on the program. And first off, Casey, congratulations on getting your ball club to Charleston. Oh, thank you all so much. Um, it was, it's, a, it's a huge deal for the community and for us, so we're super excited to get to the state tournament. Polka High School known for boys basketball and had some good football teams as well. There were some really good girls basketball teams back in the late 90s, but it's been a little bit of a a thin stretch until the last few years. This year, able to break through. Uh, Just tell me a little bit about what that meant to go to Mingo Central and and how you were feeling when the clock ran out and as you cut down the net. Um, it, It was a feeling that I will not be able to ever forget. Um, especially with that group of girls we've worked so hard all year long um, that we've just we've pushed and persevered. And um, over the past four years, we haven't always been that great. But this year I was really excited because um, I knew that this team could get to the state tournament. And it was just a feeling of relief whenever that buzzer ran out. And I was able to jump right into Coach Sayer's arms and just give him the biggest hug because he deserves it just, just as much as we do. I don't want to mention this in, in terms of uh... – putting too much emphasis on this but you're a softball signee basically with uh with eastern michigan university and softball practice started a couple of weeks ago basically so uh get a little bit of a late start i don't think your coaches or you really mind this particular year though right yeah uh, not really um <laughs> our coaches i mean they support us 100 percent. our softball coaches have actually been to every single game um so they know that uh 
we're going to come into softball right after basketball, but honestly, the girls on the team who play, we really haven't been thinking about it that much. Um, we've been setting our eyes on getting to the state tournament, and now we're looking to make a run. So, What's going to go through your mind? I know you probably don't know this yet, but do you, what do you think will go through your mind as you're standing in the tunnel about a little after 9 o'clock on uh, Thursday morning, getting ready to run out on the floor for the first time to warm up in Charleston for the state tournament? Um, I honestly don't know what it's going to be like. I know that there's going to be several emotions. Um, I know I have, I'll, I won't be able to sleep the night before just because I'll be so anxious to get on the floor. Um, but, I mean, that was always a dream of mine, especially when I was younger because I, I worked at the state tournament as a ball girl, and my dream was to always be on the floor. Um, so I think running out there will be – it'll be awesome to see um, the crowds of people standing out there and obviously the community of Pokin. Uh, the school will all be there, so it'll be something that I will never forget. It comes full circle for Casey Skeens, a senior at Polka High School. It's the Lady Dots get back to the Girls State Tournament first time in 18 years. And um, Casey, best of luck to you and uh, Coach Sayer and the squad, and um, try to make it up to see you guys play Wednesday morning or uh, Thursday morning. Excuse me. All right, thank you for having me. All right, it's Casey Skeens, and by the way, guys, heck of a softball player. She's a catcher for that ball club, tough as nails. Already, as I said, signed to Eastern Michigan and had committed there as a sophomore. So, tell you what, uh, Ryan, she, she's tough on the the court as well. And uh, you know, we were their opponent last year in the regional uh, at Tulsa, and uh, they came to our place, and we were able to get a win. It was a very hard fought game, and I tell you what, the perseverance. I mean, that same group as she mentioned has worked their way up the ladder. And Coach Sayer, uh, hats off to him. Uh, as you mentioned, the late '90s since Polka uh, took the floor in the state tournament. We wish him all the best in the world. And, you know, to come back off of losing a regional final, Joe, the last uh, year, uh, to have to go on the road again, they went to Mingo and played a tough Mingo Central Lady Miners team. And this uh, group has persevered. Don't sell them short next week in the state tournament. Exactly. You never know. I mean, that, that's now's the time to play when your team's gelling. It's the time to be uh, making the trip to Charleston. I know they, they did not play as well as they would have liked in their sectional championship game loss at Winfield, but, boy, they bounced right back. And uh, that, that's a mark of a, of a good team. And speaking of a good team and a regular in Charleston, um, we go right back to the phone. It's Hope Bray, senior at Lincoln High School uh, with the Cougars. And, Hope, first off, congratulations on your ball club getting back to the state tournament. Oh, thank you, guys. The Lincoln Cougars will take on Winfield in their opening round matchup. That game will be Thursday at 9 p.m. in the nightcap. Thursday night, the uh, fifth-seeded Cougars, fourth-seeded Winfield. And hope it's a Winfield team that likes to press. And I know that's very familiar to the, or similar to the way your team likes to play as well. Yeah, it is. Um, we've been preparing already, and... We played Bluefield last year, and I just I keep saying like Winfield is just like Bluefield. They're a team that likes to pressure and press and just be all up in your face the whole time and get steals. And they, I mean, base their game off of athleticism because they have a lot of great athletes on their team. And but we're used to pressure too, so we've just been working on keeping focused and just limiting turnovers and stuff against presses and things like that. 
Your ball club has won 20 of its last 23 games, 20 and 5 overall after an 0 and 2 start to the season. Um, just just kind of take me through the, the last stretch here where you had an overtime loss to Bridgeport back on February 8th. And from that point on, uh, you've been quite frankly dominant, including a victory over Bridgeport by nearly 30 in the sectional championship game. If you look back at that loss to the Indians in overtime, on February 8th, is that a game that might have kind of woken everyone back up and uh, kind of got you back on the right path? Yeah, that, I think that was a wake-up call definitely for us, and especially because Bridgeport's our rivalry. So, like, we were so just upset after that game. We just didn't want to feel that way again. And we had a lot of defensive mess-ups in that game and lost a lot of their good shooters and left a lot of people wide open, and we were just – after the game, we knew like everything we did wrong. We were just ready to get them again, and we just beat up on them hard this last game. And we were really happy with the outcome because that's the way we're capable of playing, and we were happy about that. And I think down the stretch, yeah, like all of us seniors, just we wanted to make it back. And like I told the freshmen, it's like an amazing feeling when you get on the Civic Center floor and you just feel like that breeze and you're ready to go it's just an awesome feeling and i'm glad that they get to experience that hope bray senior at lincoln high school her cougars back into the state tournament where they will take on winfield thursday night nine o'clock charleston civic center coliseum hope best wishes congratulations once again and again we wish you the best of luck next week all right, thank you for having me. All right, again, that's Hope Bray. Going right back to the phone lines. We'll talk with Chris Kidd in a moment. We have a special <laughs> guest we'll talk to in a moment as well. Hang in there, Chris. We'll get to you. <laughs> right now we go to Scott James, the head basketball coach of the St. Albans girls, the Red Dragons, the Lady Dragons, back into the state tournament. And Coach James, I know through three years of this show, this is the fourth year of this show, we've had you on. You've been right on the cusp, and you're getting an applause right now from Coach Marone as your ball club able to break through and make it back to Charleston. How's it feel? As you speak, I've got a big smile on my face. Uh, Like you said, we've been knocking on the door the last four years, and uh, we lost that regional game. We felt that two of them we were favored in. And, uh, uh, you know, we're we're so excited about uh, uh, going to Charleston next week. And, you know, our girls are very focused. There's a buzz around the school there's a buzz around the community of St. Albans. Everybody's excited. So uh, we're, we're not content with being there either. Uh, uh, we're going up there. Uh, we've got a little saying right now, we're in it to win it. So we're going to go up there, and if we play uh, four quarters of St. Albans basketball, we're going to compete with anybody. Well, you take on number two seed Buchanan Upshur. That game will be on Wednesday at 11-15, and – but Cannon Upshur is a team that is is a regular to state tournament play, but this is the first year that they've had a little bit of expectation. You've seen this team before in person, and it didn't go so well for you guys in the Waco Center, but it, tell me, where has your team improved since that 61-29 loss? Well, you know, the thing of it is, is, is in that game there, we're coming off a great victory against Parkersburg South. And we go up against a uh, very good Buchanan Upshur team, and uh, we wanted to do our own thing. Instead of staying with the game plan and listening to what was going on, uh, matter of fact, I pulled my starters out uh, in the third quarter and told them just sit down since y'all don't want to listen. And, uh, you know, they got back in the game and we played better, but uh, 
you know, Buck can't have put a, put a buck whipping on us. And uh, what we've done better is is we're playing more as a unit. Okay, we're playing as a team. Uh, we're playing St. Albans basketball. Um, there's things that we do when we do what we do well. We're a pretty good basketball team. It's when we try to do more than what we're uh, capable of or what we do well is when we struggle. St. Albans Red Dragons girls basketball team back to the state tournament 11-15 Wednesday morning against number two seed Buck Cannon Upshur. Scott James we were we were very happy for you. We don't root against anybody, <laughs> but we were happy for you because you've been a, a big part of this program over the past three years, and uh, very happy to see your ball club get to Charleston. Well, we we appreciate that. We really do. Uh, you know, uh, early on in my in my career, coach, this is my fourteenth year, I believe, at St. Albans. Uh, you know, I met a guy named Rick Marone from Tulsa High School. And uh, to be honest with you, when I grow up, I wanted to be like Rick. I wanted to get up there on that Civic Center floor. But uh, all joking aside, uh, you know, I consider Rick one of the finest uh, basketball coaches, boys or girls, in the state of West Virginia. And, uh, you know, I learned from those guys. The camaraderie that we have, uh, the friendships that I've developed, they, not only will they last a lifetime, but they've made me better as as a coach uh, at the high school level, and uh, uh, there's there's a lot of excitement going on right now. Our girls are very focused, and uh, we're going up there to uh, uh, just you know try to play four quarters of basketball. And when we do that, we got a good chance. We'll see what happens. Coach, you just made his head swell up so big he <laughs> he can't even fit in a in a studio. And now. you have to be speechless. <laughs> Yeah. Well, if I leave Rick Marone speechless, I've accomplished something. <laughs> there you go. That's Scott James, head coach of the St. Albans Red Dragons, Lady Dragons, back to the state tournament. And we thank him so much for joining us. Someone who was a fixture in the state tournament in her time in high school. We'll talk with Chris Kidd in a moment. Hang in there, <laughs> Chris. Uh, was uh, Mackenzie White. She took the Scott Skyhawks to three straight state championship games unfortunately the lady hawks came up short in all three actually recorded did the highlights for wsaz of their loss to west side in the her senior year they lost by three that's a great game but you know what her memories on the charleston civic center court did not end because she's actually still playing in the charleston civic center and has a big game there tomorrow in the mec tournament she plays for fairmont state the lady falcons mackenzie white joins us on the program mackenzie welcome to basketball friday night in west virginia hey how you guys doing uh doing well you know before we get into uh what you're doing right now with the uh, mountain east conference and uh the tournament game tomorrow against the university of charleston at noon I wanted to get your perspective as someone who was in Charleston um, in state tournament games and, and and got to the championship game. Your your feelings as a kid. What would you share with someone who who is going to be making their first ever state tournament appearance next week? It's something that they'll never forget. Um, I remember going there for the first time as a sophomore, and it was just uh, it was really surreal for me. Um, you know, because I grew up <clears throat> uh, thinking about doing that and everything. So um, it's something that they'll never forget, you know, whether they win one game or get all the way to the championship. Um, you know, it's something that they'll never forget. 
Mackenzie, this is Joe Linville. You're playing uh, for the Lady Falcons there at Fairmont, and you won a big game. Had a great game last night. Uh, I actually watched it. And uh, how how bad is that taste in your mouth wanting to win a championship on that floor in Charleston? It's pretty bad, especially <laughs> losing, you know, <laughs> two out of three very close games in high school. So, um you know, it, it means a lot to be back on the floor again. I feel very comfortable when I'm out there. And, uh, you know, and my team now, we have five seniors, so we all want it pretty bad. So um, I think it's uh, it's pretty obvious how we played last night that we're out there, you know, to win. What kind of advice could you give to the young ladies across the state of West Virginia tonight as they uh, get ready to maybe go to Charleston for the first time and play for their school? Just to soak it up, um, enjoy the environment because, you know, there's going to be a lot of people in there. Um, just to have fun, you know. Like I said, it's going to be something that they're always going to remember. Um, just to take it all in, honestly. Just step back and just take it all in. That's what I try to do. It's what I'm still trying to do. You know, when I step on that floor and I see everybody, you know, there and cheering us on. And um, it's just it's a really great feeling. And uh, it's just something that um, they're always going to have. Mackenzie, as as you wind down your collegiate career there at Fairmont, uh, is basketball still in the numbers for you? Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't I don't see myself um, giving basketball up ever, whether I decide to um, play overseas or you know coach basketball down the road. It'll always be a part of me. So uh, we'll just see where the road takes me. Mackenzie White, a senior for the Fairmont State Lady Falcons and a former standout at Scott High School. Mackenzie, thanks so much for joining us tonight. We wish you the best of luck tomorrow at noon. Joe has one more thing for you. i got one more quick thing. Rumor has it around town that you possibly ended the career of an NFL player. Is that true or false? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> 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 okay. Completely <laughs> <laughs> false. Okay. We'll leave oh, it at that. Thought. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> Mackenzie. Uh, Absolutely can... false. It happened when I was there, but I didn't do it. <laughs> Rumor had it, but uh, we'll leave it at that. So, <laughs> Mackenzie, uh, good luck this weekend, and uh, hope your Lady Falcons can uh, bring back that MEC championship. All right. I thank you guys uh, for having me, and I appreciate it. All right. That's Mackenzie White, Fairmont State. You know, it's so hard to get Fairmont State, Fairmont Senior when you cover high school (laughs) out of there. But, uh, Joe, the story I want to share with you is that uh, last year when I was at a Boys State tournament Friday morning session, I was sitting with uh, Coach Wilson, who's my cousin at Wayne, and uh, Coach Kokenauer, the head coach, Sam Kokenauer. And sitting right in front of us was the Scott contingent and Mackenzie White. Small world, right? It is. It's always a small world. And uh, that's exactly what my point has been this entire time. These are just, you know, we run across everybody. We just run across the same people over and over again. Before we go to break, (laughs) right now. Really? Right now, Chris Kidd of WVOW Radio in Chapmanville, he had the call of the Tigers' big win over Mingo Central tonight at the Logan Fieldhouse. Chris, we gave you some time to calm down now after that one. And uh, how are you doing tonight after that uh, big Tiger victory? Uh, I thought my name was Bo Anderson. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing great now, guys. Uh, they got the defibrillator, defibrillators out, and I was all right after the end of the game. 
But uh, uh, this was just shocking. I mean, did you guys expect this? No. Well, okay. Let, let me let me set this up real fast. The first game went to double overtime. The second game went to overtime. So clearly, Chapmanville was going to win by twenty five tonight. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, who, we all saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I look at my brother who does the games with me at, at halftime, and I said, "Well, this, there's no way this is going to be a run out." I said, Mingo's going to whittle this down, and this will be a tight game again. And then we, Drew Williamson came out and hit back-to-back threes to start the third, and we just kind of looked at each other like, Mingo doesn't, doesn't seem to have it tonight. And frankly, from what we were told before the game, Jeremy Dillon apparently was playing sick tonight. And uh, you could kind of tell just by the bounce in his step, he wasn't getting into the lane like he normally does. He only went to the free-throw line, uh, I think, twice, maybe three times tonight, whereas in the first two games, uh, he lived at the free throw line just by bullying his way into the lane and just because he's so big and so difficult to guard. But, you know, he finished with 12 points tonight, just didn't seem like himself. But, you know, the third quarter is what opened things up for Chapmanville. They outscored Mingo 27 to 11 and had three monstrous dunks in the third quarter that brought the field house down. Obina and Chile Killen had two. Hunter Neal had a phenomenal put back dunk, and Mingo just didn't recover after that. Drew Hatfield their point guard and second-leading scorer, he fouled out with 59 seconds left in the third quarter. And after that, Kevin Hatfield basically just uh, sent in the subs in the fourth quarter, and as did uh, Brad Knapper, as that game was over by the end of the third. It was 60-33. to 33. But, you know, pressure defense hurt Mingo Central tonight. They couldn't hang on to the ball. They only shot 30% from the field with Chapmanville's defense. And, you know, I think Chapmanville served notice tonight, and I think sent a lot of shockwaves around the state. And by no means did anyone think that it was a shock that Chapmanville won, but in the manner that they won, it was definitely surprising. So now Chapmanville waits the Putnam County battle tomorrow between Polka and Winfield. The loser will head to Chapmanville Regional. Tickets are going to be in short order for that one. Yeah, even tonight, the uh, Little Acres Arena, they, I got there at 5 o'clock and got, I think, the last parking spot in the lot up front. And whenever I went in at 5 o'clock, 5.15, the line was all the way back to Logan Middle School, which is pretty wow. decent way yeah. for people waiting to get in. And there wasn't a seat to be had. It's going to be the same thing uh, next week. I mean, even on Tuesday night with Mingo Central and Logan, it was sold out in a matter of minutes. So uh, if they're wanting tickets, they better get to them quick. But, you know, by no means has Chapmanville punched a ticket to the state tournament. You've got Polka or Winfield coming in. Now, Chapmanville beat Winfield 66-55 to earlier this year. They beat Polka at Chapmanville 53-50, uh, to I think, if I'm not mistaken. So they're going to be paying very close attention to that. Now, Mingo on the other side, they were 1-2 and two against Polka and Winfield this year. They lost to Winfield by 12, and then they split with Polka. They won an overtime at their place and then lost last week by 12 at Polka. So, you know, this is still an area where I wouldn't be surprised to see Polka and Winfield make the states. I wouldn't be surprised to see Chattanooga and Mingo make the states. But, uh, you know, if Chattanooga plays the way they did tonight, it's going to be really difficult to knock them out. I mean, Williamson finished with 18, uh, Dylan Smith with 13, Hunter Neal 12, Kyle Browning 12, Obina and Chile Killen with 7.6 blocks. I mean, you get that kind of balance out of Chapman and the depth that they have. They're going to be an extremely tough out at this point if they keep this up. I was just so glad that people were checking on you up there tonight, Chris. James Barker checked on him about every three yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah J- James, James was keeping tabs on Chris up there. The Logan Field. He actually did come up. 
He actually did come over and check on me at the end of the third quarter. He said, just want to make sure he's okay after I talk about Hey, hey, Chris Kidd, always a pleasure. Have a good night, and uh, hopefully we'll get to talk with him again next week. we got to step aside take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Garrick Justice, head coach of the Riverview Girls, the Raiders, headed to Charleston. Also, Lonnie Lucas, the top-seeded girls AAA team. Huntington, he is their head coach. We'll talk with them in Basketball Friday Night at West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Hey, we want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter, make, and we'll make sure we mention your name tonight, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. We've got a new follower. Thank you for following us, Jay Leap, at dare underscore bear underscore 143. Also, Ryan Ward, Trevor Rager, Kane Marone, Garrett Foggin, Miss Michelle Barazic, Claire, and Jesse Ivy. They all followed us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup. And, hey, if you go to Twitter, you can watch us on Periscope. Hey, does, sounding, does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or the court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. If you like those pictures, you can submit some too, and we'll feature them in our video stream. We got a report tonight that we got over 140 pictures, and we want to thank everybody that sent their pictures in. You can send them to us on our um, on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup. You can also send them through the RSN Sports Facebook page. So there's a couple of ways you can get them to us, and also on the RSN Instagram page. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to basketball night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 1025 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville with you. Dylan Stone joins us now, our special correspondent, our standout athlete of the week. And Dylan Jamie Vest of Princeton is our selection this week. She is, yeah. She's uh, somebody. She's a senior uh, for Princeton and uh, is is really the leader of that team, both on and off the court. And uh, somebody that that really has a has a kind of a bulldog mentality out there on the court. She's a a girl who led the Lady Tigers to the regional uh, round where they lost at St Albans uh, last earlier this week. But uh, this is a, a story that you know sometimes. Life can get off to a little bit of a difficult start. Yeah, it it certainly did uh, for for Jamie. She uh, was actually born uh, three months premature, so 
had a had a, a big fight ahead of her just uh, to make it you know through those early through those early months and um, but she really has uh, persevered and uh, now is, has actually got a scholarship to play basketball at the collegiate level at Concord so a uh, really nice success story there and also this is someone who has clearly been someone who, who has enjoyed basketball from the time she was very young yeah she she started playing when she was four and uh, her mom actually told me that she used to to sleep with a basketball uh, because she she was just basically obsessed with it and uh, when she got a, a cocker spaniel she named it wilson uh, after the, the brand of, of basketball so uh, she basically lives and breathes the sport well thank goodness that she came around after the baden ball was kind of uh <laughs> gone out of uh commission there that's a kind of an inside joke but a real thing that used to be the official ball of the ssac and quite frankly guys sorry that's a terrible basketball anyway uh dylan has more now on our standout athlete of the week jamie vest good things come in small packages that's an old adage with which most everyone is familiar however for princeton senior jamie vest that isn't just a sentence it's a way of life Jamie has had to fight for everything she has achieved, including, at one point, her life. As her mother Tammy Vest says, Jamie was born premature, and she believes her daughter has a higher purpose to mentor children. She was born three months premature. She weighed one pound, 13 ounces at birth, and God has a special plan for her. just feel like with all my heart that the Lord has called her to work with children and be like a mentor because she is a miracle herself. Jamie does indeed love working with children and coaches not only a youth soccer team but also teaches youth basketball players as well. Her former teammate Brandy Snow says Jamie wants to give back and be a model for others because of those that have molded her. She's always said that she looked at us as role models and now that she is doing what she's doing, she wants to be their role model and give them a good example and let them know to just go get it if they want it. Tammy Vest says that while her daughter, who is only five foot three, is usually the smallest player on the court, she doesn't let that stop her and, in fact, uses that as motivation. Small player with a big heart. That gives her the desire to be better, knowing that she's got that, if you want to call it a disadvantage of being the smallest player, but she may be the smallest player on, on the floor, but she has the biggest heart. And that desire drives her to always push to become better. And don't let that small stature fool you. Jamie is fiercely competitive and always strives to make her teammates better. Her mother says Jamie's number one goal is always to win, and she uses her varied skill set to make that happen. Jamie is a playmaker. She's always been described as being a playmaker. She has high basketball IQ. She can see the floor. She sees things that I, I'm just not really not sure how she sees them in the moment. She's an all-around team player. She's very selfless. Her goal is to win. She doesn't care who scores as long as her team wins. Randy Snow says Jamie's work ethic is impressive, and that for her former teammate, there is no offseason. As soon as basketball ended last year, the next day she was already playing AAU. She's in the gym constantly. That's all she does is live, breathe basketball. While on the court, Jamie's mother says she takes pride in being a vocal leader and keeping her team amped up for each game. She's always very verbal, calling out plays, trying to help those who come in, just being a leader on the court, getting them hyped up, getting them hyped up and ready for the game. School is also a very important aspect of the senior's life, as evidenced by her 3.7 grade point average. Her mother says despite Jamie's love of basketball, School always comes first. Even though she loves basketball, she knows that doesn't pay bills when she graduates. So she wants to pursue a career in education, and she loves children and wants to do that. School has to come first. Tammy Vest says while it can be a struggle at times for her daughter to maintain her busy lifestyle, 
She always finds a way, and that sometimes means studying in the gym. She always makes it work. Very responsible young lady. Never in school have I ever had to say, okay, then it's time for you to do her work. As soon as she gets home, she hits the books. When she gets home from practice, she hits her books. Games, she's usually a lot of times doing them on the bus or in the locker room while the JV's playing or in the stands if we're away games. She's a very dedicated student. And she just manages her time well. Jamie Vest has spent her life overcoming obstacles, and now that she's in a position to give back, she plans on becoming a teacher and continuing to mold children. But don't think she plans on leaving sports behind. She also wants to coach high school basketball. And with how much she has already achieved, don't bet against the smallest player on the court. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm special correspondent Dylan Stone. Thank you very much, Dylan, and congratulations to Jamie Best of Princeton High School, our standout athlete of the week. Let's go right back to the phone lines to Lonnie Lucas, head coach of the Huntington Highlanders girls basketball team. The top seed in AAA will take on Spring Mills. That game will be Wednesday evening, 715, Charleston Civic Center Coliseum. Coach Lucas, congratulations on getting your team back to Charleston. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, Spring Mills is a fairly new school in the Eastern Panhandle. What do you know about the Cardinals? Basically, I just know where they're located. <laughs> uh, you know, this is the, I think this is their fourth, after fourth year in existence. I think, and uh, and uh, I really, I really, uh, we don't play any common opponent. I think we both played Morgantown, and uh, that was uh, they played Morgantown early, I believe, and, and we had them in midseason. That's about the only common opponent I really uh, know very little about about them other than, uh, you know, they must be pretty competitive or they wouldn't be there. Coach, your team carries in the number one seed and led by a girl who was the state Gatorade player of the year last year, Jordan Dawson, and uh, someone who really is able to do a whole lot for your team. And that might be an understatement. Well, it probably is. Uh, you know, Jordan probably be Gatorade player again this year. She's uh, it makes my job uh, much much easier when you got a player like Jordan, and she, uh, you know, she can do a lot of things, uh, makes the team go, and uh, she. But she loves to dish out and assist just as much as she likes to score. So uh, she's she's everything on the court. Your ball club has been perhaps the most consistent in AAA, but at the same time, there have been some nights where, uh, you know, things just didn't go well, and that, that happens over the course of a season. Uh, you know, I look back at a 17-point loss at Spring Valley back on January 14th for your ball club uh, as one that just kind of sticks out as uh, away from the norm. Is this the type of year where even though, you know, perhaps you, Buchanan Upshur, Martinsburg, Wheeling Park might be considered – the favorites. I mean, it's sort of an open field, is it? I'd say it's about as open as it's ever been. Of course, you uh, don't leave South Charleston out of there. Uh, in fact, uh, that's probably as uh, as talented team as 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 we met all year. Uh, we were fortunate to beat them twice. Uh, but yeah, it's it's wide open. You know, whoever gets the breaks when they get there uh, will probably be the probably be the team will come out of but it could come out it could come from anywhere Lonnie Lucas head coach of the Huntington Highlanders they'll be the number one seed in the AAA girls state tournament playing 
Spring Mills, 7.15 on Wednesday night at the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum. Wish you and the Lady Highlanders the best of luck, Coach. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, moving right back to the phone lines, we go to Garrick Justice, who has the Riverview Raiders girls team into the state basketball tournament for the first time. Coach Justice, congratulations on your ball club making it to Charleston. Guys, thanks a lot. It's uh, it's a uh, it's been a fun ride so far. We uh, we can go a little bit further. That's the good news. Um, for, and you know, and again, like you get there, that's the story. But at the same time. You go right back up against the Bluefield team you just saw, uh, you know, less than two weeks ago, and uh, a, a, a team that is very good. You're the eight seed; they're the one seed. And that game uh, Thursday at five thirty, um, you get a familiar opponent. That's a positive, but they're really, really good. <laughs> yeah, the, we uh, we uh, felt like we'd be the six or the seven seed just based upon the. Uh, the polls from all year. We've been ranked ahead of both Bridgeport and Polk and all three polls, but you know, the way things fall, uh, you know, the, you know, things happen for a reason. And again, uh, for us to play somebody that we're familiar with and uh, and um, you know to uh, uh, to face someone we scouted, you know, several times again that uh, we're we're fine with that. Again, we played Long and East twice. We played West Side. We played North Marion, uh, and obviously, you know, we played Bluefield. So again, we think we've seen the best the state has to offer. Um, and, you know, Bluefield obviously got us by 25, 30 points. Uh, you know, they're, they're um, um, in the sectional final. Um, but uh, Katie Dobbs was uh, injured with a shoulder. Um, and, you know, the, the nerves got the best of us. You know, uh, it's, it's the first time that uh, we, we played for a sectional title. And the first quarter uh, was like 25 to 3. And then after that, we had played the other quarters only down a basket or two baskets. And, you know, the, obviously the Bluefield backed off some as, as well. Again, we're not stupid about that. But, um, see, yeah, we think that we've grown up a lot. Um, and, you know, the first time you get there, you know, your kids are always nervous. Uh, so, you know, we think we can make a game out of it. And, you know, that we're happy to be there. And then, you know, uh, you know, there's no pressure on us. You know, if we win, it's the story of the tournament. And if we don't, then, you know, that we'll learn from them. Hopefully, get back there in the you know the next year, the next year, or something like that. Still a strong, good story to take back to McDowell County, regardless of what happens this week. Uh, your, your school located in Bradshaw, consolidation of Jaeger and Big Creek, and uh, I want to go back to the regional game because on January twenty first, Westside came into your gym and and beat you guys by 24 points you go to west side yep. in the regional and you beat the lady renegades who had just beaten wyoming east in the sectional championship game you win by five on the road what was the difference in those two games uh well again the last week or so of the season there again but uh, we 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 uh, we had a game that it got uh, snowed out and again we were looking around trying to find uh, a team to play to see our 20 games again and we came across North Marion. And I asked the girls, I said, look, yo, we can find somebody local and probably pick up a win, or we can play somebody really good and, you know, see where we stand at for, you know, tournaments. And the girls overwhelmingly wanted to play North Marion. So we got together at West Virginia State, uh, played on a Monday. We lost by 18. But our girls came out of that with so much more confidence in themselves. Uh, then that next uh, Wednesday, which we two days later, <coughs> excuse me, uh, we go at Wyoming East, and 
Uh, again, that Katie Dobbs had hurt her shoulder at the start of the second quarter. And at halftime, we were only down five. And uh, Easton kind of pulled away from us. But with those two games back-to-back, again, it's all our young girls and our other girls, you know, finally started to buy into what we've been trying to sell for the past couple of years, that, you know, that we've got some talent. Um, and then, you know, everything just kind of, you know, prospered from that point. And, you know, as we had, you know, beat Pike U the first round of sectional, we feel like I said, you know, that we didn't play well that first quarter. But then once we got our feet under us, I mean, you know, the, the score was too far gone to come back necessarily. But, you know, that you've seen the confidence come in. And uh, that with Westside, um, you know, that we played them, uh, you know, the first time back in uh, the first part of December and lost uh, by 10 or so. Um, had played really well beside the second quarter. And, again, we just didn't score that second quarter. Uh, uh, so, again, we felt like we could play with them. Um, and probably the big thing, I guess, the things was, again, that we put in a 1-3-1. And then, you know, the business done by 11th year of coaching, again, we put it on Monday. And they gave Westside fits. Uh, I don't know how much I'll ever use it again, but it was definitely the change-up that, you know, I think probably gave them, you know, that curveball that they can adjust to uh, their Thursday night. Coach, congratulations on getting the Riverview Raiders to the girls' state tournament for the first time. It's always good to see somebody make their first trip there. We wish you and your ball club the best of luck. Thank you, guys. All right, that's Garrick Justice, head coach of the Riverview Raiders Girls Basketball Club. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Whitney Justice, a senior at Summers County. The Lady Bobcats a fixture in Charleston, but in a different bracket this time around. We'll also talk with Jeremy Maxwell, head coach of the Buchanan Upshur Girls. They find themselves in a familiar spot in Charleston, but an unfamiliar seating. All that when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, Visit BasketballNight.com. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. You can watch our live, high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. All it takes is just one click to watch. Many places you can watch. Network West Virginia Channel 2 statewide. RSN Sports Facebook page. We're streaming on Facebook Live. If you go to Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, you can watch us on Periscope. In the tri-state area, Channel 204, Armstrong Cable. Also, Channel 25 on Comcast. And if you go to BasketballNight.com, you can also watch us on YouTube Live. And if you're watching right now, you see lots and lots of pictures. We want to thank everyone for sending their pictures in. And hey, if you've got pictures from the next set of games or from games in Charleston, we want you to send them to us. Many ways you can get your pictures to us. We'll feature them in our video stream. You can send them to us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can go to the RSN Sports Facebook page, send them to us that way. Also, the RSN Sports Instagram page. And we'll make sure we feature your pictures from games around the state. We'd like to hear from you. Give us a call tonight. Toll free 855-784-6677. 
855-784-6677. Also, follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. It is 1042 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, March 3rd, 2017 edition of the program, episode 13 of the 2016-2017 season. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville with you. If you want scores, go to BasketballNight.com. Go to at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. And has all the boys' basketball sectional scores tonight. We'll, we'll roll through those again in our next hour. But right now, let's go right back to the phone lines. Whitney Justice is a senior at Summers County. She and her twin sister, Brittany, have been wreaking havoc on um, coaches for four years now. I think a lot of coaches, I'm going to steal a lot from you, Coach, will go to their graduation and make <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, front row. <laughs> yeah, make sure they receive their diplomas and they don't have to deal with them on the basketball court anymore. Whitney Justice joins us now on the program. And Whitney, first off, congratulations on the number one seed for your Lady Bobcats in the single-A tournament. Thank you. Your ball club will take on Charleston Catholic at 5.30 Wednesday evening in the Charleston Civic Center. And I mentioned class single A. You're no stranger to the tournament, but it's been in double A until this year. Uh, the school dropping in enrollment, so dropping in classification to class A. But at the same time, I, I guess you could say uh, while some things have changed, including your head coach, a lot of things have stayed the same. You're still winning on the basketball court. Uh, it's you know, it's different dropping from away to single way, but still a state tournament. That's where the best teams go. And I mean, this one's done a really good job. And, you know, it's hard filling in shoes of a coach like Coach Ryan, but I'm proud of her. Thank you for everything she's done. Well, tell me about um, just being able to play with your twin sister as well. And I, I know that. Um, you know, there, there's always that sibling bond and sibling rivalry. You both score more than 20 points per game uh, this year. Is there any type of, uh, when I say rivalry, I mean in a good sense, is there a little bit of a competitive nature between you two on the floor? Uh, not really. I mean, she scores more than a good job to her, but as long as we <laughs> win, then I don't care who scores. <laughs> Uh, Summers County, again, a fixture. We, we actually had uh, Coach Ryan on the program last week, and he, 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 one of the things he said was he, he really missed coaching you guys this time of year. Now he's the assistant director of the SSAC. And I, I know things, like I said, things are a little bit different, but at the same time, the second half of the season, I think your ball club has played like Summers County ball clubs have in the past, at least in a win-loss category, including a big win over Double A number one seed Bluefield. Um, did it maybe take a little bit of time to make that adjustment? Uh, yeah, it did. Our, our first game against them, we we really weren't that prepared. I mean, we knew what they'd done, but the second time we just came in focused and we went by our game plan and succeeded. Hey, Whitney, uh, Coach Marone here. Congratulations. Uh, you see a, a Charleston Catholic team. You guys are ranked uh, seeded number one. You take on Catholic. You played them twice this year, the first game 
at home was a, a pretty uh, decisive win, but then you went to Catholic. They played you a little bit tougher there. Uh, what do you expect in this third matchup? It's always uh, interesting when you play a team three times, and obviously Catholic playing better at the end of the year as well. Um, yeah, it's hard to. It's going to be hard to beat them three times. I think they'll carry the same game plan they did the second time and make a shoot outside. But hopefully, we can get the game fast and we can get our points in transition and off of our press. Whitney Justice Senior at Summers County, the Lady Bobcats, number one seed in class single A, take on Charleston Catholic five thirty on Wednesday evening. Whitney, congratulations on getting your ball club back to the state tournament. Wish you the best of luck. Thank you, guys. All right, once again, Whitney Justice. And again, Whitney and Brittany, the twins there. Uh, Justice has served, is what James Carter used to say. <laughs> well, I tell you, uh, they've come to WU Tech. They're getting two great players. Of course, they're moving to their new campus and new facility there. I think they'll be playing at the Raleigh County Armory, I think, at least in the short term, when WU Tech makes that move. And, boy, you couldn't start off a, uh, an era better in your new surroundings than with those two young ladies. They've had great careers. But as you mentioned, Ryan, Class A – New turf for them. But i tell you what, that Class A field is uh, stacked. And uh, to get the one seed, Joe, in that, I think gives a feather in the cap to them. And with the coaching change uh, as well, I think they're poised. Uh, you knock off Bluefield, you've uh, you've shown your mettle. You know, there's been so much rich history in Summers County girls basketball. I can remember the game. They went, what, 100 straight wins and <laughs> yeah. got knocked off. and and But they bounced right back. They didn't let that stop them. That was just uh, give them – fuel on the fire, the momentum to get back to Charleston to, to win another championship. Yeah, they went on a UConn-like run before UConn did. Well, just yeah. and it was it was incredible what they did. Yeah, and five straight titles. I mean, I can tell you, a few of those uh, left uh, Lady Rebel uh, wreckage behind them because <laughs> we met them in the state tournament a couple of times, and it was just a well-oiled machine. And Coach Ryan has handed the torch off, and uh, Coach uh, Blevins now has just. She was a former player. Uh, the justices, I think, bridge that gap. Now, next year and moving forward is into the future. They'll worry about that then, but they're a definite threat in that Class A field. We have to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Jeremy Maxwell, head coach of the Buchanan Upshur Girls. We'll talk with Jamie Best, our standout athlete of the week. And we'll eventually get to Craig Dutton of WRRR Radio in St. Mary's. He had the St. Mary's Magnolia Boys game and sectional play tonight. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Congratulations tonight to Jamie Vest of the Princeton Tigers. She joins Cody Jude. Cheyenne Dunham, Marquez McAfee, Ellis Bud Bryson, Reese Nichols, Veda Almani, Seth Meadows, Emily Sarburn, Chandler Stacy, Lauren Antelock, and Doug Workman. All of these folks were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the Standout Athlete of the Week. If you have someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. We're going to have two more Standout Athletes of the Week after the show. Each week we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. 
Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want to hear from you, and we want you to nominate your athletes. And send us your pictures, too. We want to feature those on our video stream. If you're watching right now, you're going to see pictures from games all around the Mountain State. Send your pictures to us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup, or on the RSN Sports Facebook page. You can send them to us there, too. Thank you for everyone that is part of the basketball Friday night in West Virginia family. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 10.51 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville. Happy to have you along as we head toward the bottom of the hour. Actually, I guess we're headed toward the top of the hour. The bottom of the hour would have been 10.30. It's been a fast show, guys. I mean, we're just flying right along and... Let's go right back to the phones again. Before we do that, though, I do want to mention, go to basketballnight.com or at hoops underscore roundup for all the boys' sectional scores from tonight. We'll go over them again uh, at the top of the hour. But right now I want to go back to the phone lines. Jeremy Maxwell is the head coach of the Buchanan Upshur girls team, the Buccaneers, back in the AAA girls' state tournament. And this time with a little bit of a better seeding than what they've had in the past. They've had some rough matchups over the years. This time, a two-seed. And uh, Coach Maxwell, first off, congratulations on a return to Charleston. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me as well. A two-seed now means a little bit of expectation and the white uniforms in Charleston for your ball club as well. And I think in this kind of somewhat open AAA field, I think just getting there was the key. I think the seeding kind of plays itself out because every matchup's difficult. Yeah, it really is. There's, I think, all eight teams have have a great shot at, at you know playing at least the second or third round. Your ball club takes on St. Albans, a, a team that you beat in the regular season. We had Scott James on earlier, and as he said. That was about as poorly as it could have gone for his ball club. You beat them 61-29 at the Waco Center uh, in Glenville. Uh, and how do you keep your team from looking at that game and maybe to keep them from putting too much stock in how well and how, you know, how badly that they beat St. Albans? Well, I mean, if you take a look at some of their scores lately, uh, when, when they're beating teams like Parkersburg and South Charleston and uh, it, it kind of changes your your mind and, and makes you understand that they're playing uh, a lot better basketball than they were in December, and it's the right time of year. So you just can't you can't look past their their team. They're well coached. They play hard. They have all the right components to make a really good team. Your ball club again has had a phenomenal season, and. I, I know you. Anytime you have a great year, you want to take it as long as you can go. I think uh, this year with the the teams that you've been able to beat, you know, a state championship and, a, and obviously two seed means you're a state contender. Being in Charleston means you're a state contender. But it ha, has has it felt like the expectations have risen 
with this team I, I know when you've got a good group coming through even from middle school you can identify them and know hey bright days are ahead but they're here now yeah absolutely uh, I actually did coach these girls in middle school and when they moved up I actually had the opportunity to move up so this has been uh, six years that I've that I've had these girls and I've told them from the beginning that, that this was a special group and that and by the time they're juniors and seniors that they're going to be that they're going to be right in the mix, and um, they they bought into that. You know, before before you could be a champion, you had to believe you are one um, and practice like you are one, and that's what they've been doing. And coming into this year, we knew um, we had the right the right stuff going on, and um, we had the right attitude, and that it was going to be there if we could stay healthy and we can keep our mind on the goal. Coach Maxwell, I, 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 I'm getting some information about. Uh... You've been working on maybe a playoff beard or, or something of that nature? <laughs> uh, well, um, I, first it started off that, um, you know, I, I was kind of lazy and didn't want to shave. Um, and then I kind of... <laughs> just need an excuse. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I just told my wife that I'll spend that time, you know, watching game film and scouting. So uh, it must be working. Um, actually, my father-in-law, <laughs> my father-in-law um, coaches at Tucker County. Um, Jim Ambrose, and he he has a big beard too, and we we kind of uh, have a beard off every once in a while. And, uh, so yeah. who wins? Well, uh, there has been a poll, and I, I'm going to classify this as scientific evidence. Uh, the poll did have me winning 83 percent, or 86 percent to 13 percent, or 87 percent to 13 percent. So uh, apparently, the state has spoken, and. and I'm the best beard in, in high school basketball right now. <laughs> you know, there's also a little bit of irony here in that Tucker County plays at 9.30 on Wednesday morning, and you play at 11.15, the game right after that. So I think we'll be able to kind of compare those beards back-to-back. In fact, um, Tucker County the three-seed. You're a two-seed, Tucker County in single-A. So you'll both be coming out of the same locker room. You guys will pass each other, right? Yeah, yeah. We were actually I was at his <laughs> I was at his game last night and I was real excited when he got that seed knowing that um we're gonna watch each other play and and uh, you know, I'm actually from Tucker County. I'm I'm a product of Coach Gutchall. Um so uh all of my my hometown people will be there cheering us on as as well as the Buccaneers for the for the Lady Mountain Lines as well. Coach, you've had a fantastic season. This has been a great run, and I, I think it's been one of the more enjoyable ones to follow from a distance. I'm sure it's been great to be a part of right in the midst of it. We congratulate you on making the state tournament. Getting the number two seed, we wish you the best of luck on the floor and in your beard competition. Thank you. I've been telling the girls we want to wear those, those blue jerseys on Saturday, so hopefully that's, that's what happens. <laughs> there you go. That's Jeremy Maxwell, head coach of the Buchanan Upshur Buccaneers girls team. The number two seed, of course, what he's alluding to there, if they're wearing the blue jerseys on Saturday, they're in the state championship game. As a two seed, they would only wear them against the one seed. Hey, chance you can wear the one. You can wear the white jerseys in the championship, right? <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad thing either. That's two hours in the books already. My goodness, the fastest three hours in radio. We have one hour to go. When we come back, Jamie Vest, our standout athlete of the week from Princeton High School. We'll talk with her. We'll also talk with Craig Dutton of WRRR Radio in St. Mary's. He had boys sectional action tonight between the Blue Devils and Magnolia. That's all in hour three of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, which begins in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including the all-new 92.5 FM WTHMLP Ravenswood Ripley, 94 Rock WRLF Fairmont, Power 92 Radio 92.3 FM WYRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP in Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP LP in Wayne, Knights Radio 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 95 The Sports Fox, WBES in Charleston 950 AM, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan. Light Rock 93R WRRR St. Mary's 93.9 FM 90.7 FM WFGH Fort K WMTD The Ticket 102.3 FM in Hinton 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley 101.7 FM WYAPLP in Clay and Marshall University's flagship station 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Third and final hour of this edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epley, Rick Marone, Joe Linville with you. We have a long way to go in a short time to get there. <laughs> Three weeks in a row, and it's true. We've got to go fast, guys. We'll talk about our standout athlete of the week in a moment. We'll also talk with Craig Dutton, WRRR Radio in St. Mary's in a moment. That's three out of the five references. Always get into RRR. That's four. And then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. But, right, guys, right now, it's time for a scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. In AAA, these are all boys' sectionals from action tonight. Wheeling Park down Brook, 68-35. It was University of Morgan taking down Morgantown, 56-33. Martinsburg upended Musselman, 59-56. It was the Jefferson Cougars downing the Washington Patriots over in the Eastern Panhandle by a score of 62-54. Capital Cougars remain on the winning way as they down George Washington, 62-45. Woodrow Wilson over Greenbrier East, 64-42. Parkersburg South, big winners in the Crosstown City battle between Parkersburg Big Reds as Parkersburg South 
wins that game 67-64. It was Huntington taking down the Hurricane Redskins 52-44. And, Coach, let's take a look at AA. Class AA sectional scores on the boys' side. Fairmont Senior 94-44, winners over North Marion. Also in AA, Hoover. Herbert Hoover, a big win over Lewis County, 50-33. Mingo Central falls tonight to Chapmanville, 62-37. And, Ryan, you got to look at the Class A. At Class A, Region 1, Section 2, it was Magnolia over St. Mary's, 49-47. We'll talk much more on that one in a moment. Other scores tonight in sectional championship play. Notre Dame beats Gilmer County, 61-54. Tucker County beats Pendleton County, 61-53. It was Greater Beckley Christian over Summers County. 49-46. It was Ravenswood defeating Parkersburg Catholic 54-48. And Huntington St. Joe defeats Tug Valley in Naugatuck 66-61. That's a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Right now we'll bring in our standout athlete of the week. She is a senior at Princeton High School. She helped the Tigers reach the regional round where they fell at St. Albans on Tuesday earlier this week. But she's a member of the National Honor Society Student Council Pep Club, multiple other clubs, and a signee with Concord University. We welcome in Jamie Vest, senior at Princeton High School. Jamie, first off, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. And um, just before we, we before we get into the things off the court, on the floor, your ball club reaching the regional round, falling to St. Albans. I know that was a rough way for that to end but still to get your team within one game of the state tournament i know that um it's not always the ending but the the journey that you'll remember and it was a a pretty solid fun senior season right um it's been a great season so far um you know when that final buzzer went off against st all but it was pretty emotional but you know i'm excited for the girls next year i'm looking for them to go to states next year so i hope they get there um, uh, part of the nomination process here, part of, part of what we received was that you were the smallest one on the floor many times, <laughs> but your heart and passion were uh, a whole lot more. Talk to me about, um, I don't want to say overcoming, because, I mean, being short in stature is not a, a negative thing, but, you know, on the basketball floor, it can sometimes be a little bit of an extra challenge. For sure. Um, usually I am the pretty smallest one on the court, but... I really don't want to get to me. Um, I've always gone up against bigger defenders, stronger, faster, and I just use mostly my ball handling to get by them and my scoring ability. So this being 5'3 doesn't really bother me that much, but it's all right. So you named your dog Wilson after the brand of basketball. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I did. Uh, We actually had a name, um, a different name at first, but... We took him to open gym one time, and it was just kind of it just kind of happened the way it did. So he's been Wilson ever since. Also, understand that you coach youth soccer and uh, also work with an AAU basketball program in your spare time. Uh, first off, just tell me about uh, being multifaceted, being able to help with soccer while being a basketball player by trade. Uh, you know, I played soccer when I was little, and um, I actually got into coaching. I've always wanted to be a coach, and. At the time of my age, I was 16, so I was able to coach only youth league soccer, and I coached a youth five soccer team for two seasons. Um, I fell in love with it. Coaching has been a passion for me. I've always wanted to do it. Um, and once soccer season ended, um, this year I get to help with the travel basketball team, 11U, so I'm excited. 
Is that something you might want to make a career out of, coaching basketball? Um, I don't know. Right now I'm just trying to hopefully become a teacher and hopefully coaching if, if that's the plan. So hope so. We're just looking at pictures, by the way, uh, uh, that were uh, submitted to us, and good elevation on the jump shot. Uh, good form there, Coach Marone. Lot, lot Coach Marone like lit up when he saw. Yeah, that. a lot more than me and you had when we played. <laughs> yeah, there was no lift on, on my jump shot. But nonetheless, hey, Jamie, once again, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week, and we wish you the best of luck at Concord University and beyond, wherever life takes you. Uh, thank you. All right, that's Jamie Vest, standout athlete of the week, senior at Princeton High School. Wanted to get into coaching. At least, at least has enjoyed it to this point. Maybe not to make a profession out of it. <laughs> She's smarter than what we thought she was, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kenny DeMoss, head coach of the Parkersburg Big Reds, joins us now. The Big Reds back to the state tournament, and Parkersburg will be taking on South Charleston at eleven fifteen Thursday morning. And coach, first off, congratulations on getting Parkersburg into the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's a, it's a pretty big goal for us. And, uh, you know, we've not been there for, unfortunately, for 20 years. So uh, it's a great milestone in our program and real happy for the kids. Just tell me about this season. Was this a year where, you know, maybe you, you saw these kids coming up and knew that you had a chance to get in there this year? Or was this a group that kind of gelled and took a big jump coming into this season? Well, I mean, uh, we graduated eight seniors, so uh, <laughs> I wasn't really anticipating the success that we had this year. I mean, I knew we had a real good group of young kids coming in, but, you know, I don't think any coach in their right mind would say, yeah, I start uh, three freshmen and a sophomore, and, you know, we're going to end up going to state tournament. So <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a wild ride, and uh, we've had a great time. And, these, you know, if you didn't know these kids were 13 and 14 years old, uh, you, you wouldn't know if you watched them play unless you actually knew what grade they were in. So they've been great, and uh, we've got a good senior group, and some other kids have really played some minutes for us. And, uh, you know, we are have an opportunity to pitch the Wayne State title. We just got to take one step at a time. A 19 and 5 season for the Big Reds, but one of those five was a loss to South Charleston. That's who you play in the opening round of the state tournament. And good or bad to get a team that you've already played and are familiar with, and quite frankly, might be what uh, you know as talented as anybody. Yeah, we played them the third game of the season, and uh, it was really it come down to the wire, and we had a chance to to uh, you know tie it there at the end of the game, and we ended up not making the shot and had to put them on the line. So, uh, you know, it was a close game there at home, and that was our only loss at home, and and uh, since then. You know, we've at the last part of our season, we've won nine of ten. Uh, they were their only loss being to Huntington in the conference final game. And uh, you know, we're we're playing really well right now, and I think we're a lot different team than what we were the third game of the season. A lot more experienced, a lot more confident. Um, you know, I think that we're hitting the stride right when the team should at this point in the season. So you know, we're, we're pretty confident, and uh, we know it's a tall task at hand because you got you know two or three really good players on their team and. With Dunham going to Xavier and, you know, and Ray Smith inside and, you know, and Lavender Ward on the outside, you know, they, they got a good team for a reason. And uh, we're, we're going to have our hands full, but, you know, I, I do think they're going to have their hands full as well. What I think might be a wide open AAA field, I don't know that a five seed's a bad thing. I, I, just, I just think getting in there and getting being in the thick of it 
means you have a chance. Kenny DeMoss, head coach of Parkersburg High School, the Big Reds. Congratulations on getting that program back. That was one of the top programs in the state back in the 80s and early days of girls' high school basketball in West Virginia. It's kind of good to see a, a resurgence with the Big Reds. Yeah, I mean, I was an assistant there for the second half of those, you know, last three state titles we won. And, and uh, you know, for the longest time, we just kind of reloaded. And that's the way it always was in Parkersburg. We just reloaded and won another title. And, you know, we won six titles there between the 80s and 90s. And, you know, 1996 was our last state title, and we made a title run in 97 and lost in the state semis to Bora Meadows and Huntington Highlanders. And, and uh, we stopped reloading. And uh, so, you know, I, I spent my time as an assistant and left and went to become a head coach over in Ohio for a couple of years. And when I came back, I knew the first thing I had to do was start working with the younger kids. And realistically, the last, you know, three or four years that we've had here at Parkersburg have been really good. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, just reaching down and trying to build relationships with those younger kids to make our program strong. And, you know, this group that we have now are just <laughs> – they were just little things, you know. So, yeah, it's it's, it's fun to watch, and uh, it's fun to see those kids grow up in your program and want to be big reds. And you know, they're hungry, man. They're they're excited, and, and and they know they're young, but at the same time, they 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 know they have an opportunity, and and they know that you know it's going to be fun on uh, Thursday. Coach Samas, best of luck next week. Hey, I appreciate you. All right, Thanks that's for having me on. Absolutely, that's Kenny Demoss, head coach of the Parkersburg Big Reds girls program. You know, Laura Meadows went to uh, Purdue originally out of out of high school, and she was um, um, considered one of the top players in the country. had had gone to Huntington East before they consolidated with Huntington High, and then uh, went to Huntington High. And when I was growing up, she was about four or five years older than than me. And she would attend the Don Smith camp at the Huntington YMCA with Coach Gary Norris uh, down at Vinson. Some referee was running around there too at the time, but uh, <laughs> named Bo Anderson. And um, <clears throat> she beat me in a free throw contest. I, again, I was you know <laughs> four or five years younger. I made eighteen out of twenty and lost. Wow! So was she a hundred percent? She was 20 out of 20 and never touched the rim. There's a reason why she was the best player in the state of West Virginia at the time and ended up being uh, having a very good college career as well. Actually, I think she went to Kentucky first and then transferred to Purdue, which is actually a transfer up in caliber programs on the girls' side. And uh, just an incredible time. Okay, there's my little story on that. <laughs> I knew you when I seen the finger. I knew there was a story coming. Yeah, there's a story always somewhere. Hey, Craig Dutton, WRRR Radio in St. Mary's. The Magnolia Blue Eagles, St. Mary's Blue Devils. That was the game tonight. And it was Magnolia getting a surprising victory, Craig. 49-47. Magnolia all of a sudden going to host a regional game in St. Mary's, much like the girls' side, going to have to go to Wheeling Central. Yeah, they're going to have to do exactly like the girls did, go on the Red Wheeling Central. Last week, you know, talked about the girls and how they fell to Ritchie County. Uh, that's another team i got like a respect to is Ritchie County making it to the state tournament for the first time in 10 years after they defeated Cameron last night. But back to St. Mary's, the boys team tonight at uh, versus Magnolia at Tyler Consolidated, host side of the sectional. Um, early on, Magnolia came out strong, took like a 10-5 to lead. 
And then through the final few minutes of the first period, St. Mary's was able to come back and actually take in a four-point lead, I think, at the end of the first period, four- or six-point lead. can't remember off the top of my head, but going on throughout the second period, and even in through the third period, St. Mary's was actually able to separate themselves. Sam Kincaid had a great night shooting from outside of the arc. Um, he had a lot of pop-up jumpers for threes that were able to keep them ahead, even as far as 11 to 9 points uh, throughout much of the game. But Tallman, uh, Coach David Tallman, does a wonderful job about this, you know, just being fresh off winning a, state, a Class A title two years ago. Um, and through all the struggles that he's had personally with, you know, fighting cancer over the last few years, you know, nothing's going to scare Coach Tallman in this situation. Uh, he may managed to keep his boys calm. And down towards the end, uh, the fourth period was a complete turn. Uh, St. Mary's was playing very conservatively as a team trying to play keep away. Lanes were being shut down. St. Mary's was able to get the easy shot underneath the basket all evening, and the Blue Eagles were able to shut that down. That fourth period went 15-4 to in favor of Magnolia. St. Mary's was shut down only four points in that fourth period, and at the very end tied 47 all with 18 seconds to go, timeout taken by Mark Barnhart for St. Mary's. Get a play drawn up, Braden Barnhart, uh, loses control of the ball as he runs into his teammate, uh, Will Billiter. And uh, Tyler Williamson was able to come up with the steal and drive it all the way to the basket to get the layup with four seconds to go. Billiter gets the ball in. I don't know. It may have been Barnhart on the other end or Van Zyl, uh, who had the last second three, but it goes off the back rim. And Magnolia wins by two tonight. And it was a very surprising fashion, even for the Magnolia fans that were in attendance over at Tyler Consolidated. Uh, St. Mary's, long way still to go. they got to take on Wheeling Central, a team who they led for the entire amount of the game, their first game of the season. But then that fourth period, that fourth period came around and took care of them when they were at the Waco Center uh, early on in, uh, I think, late November, actually, late November or early December, early December, when they took on Wheeling Central's their first game of the season. So it's not uncommon ground. It's just a matter of you have to go to Wheeling now to play the Maroon Knights. Yeah, Wheeling Central beat Madonna last night in the Region 1 mm-hmm. Section 1 Championship and earlier this week, we can't let it go without mention Madonna beat Bishop Donahue which was the final basketball game in Bishop Donahue history as that school will close at the end of the yeah. year it's hard to believe that but Craig, Dun- a, go ahead Yeah, I was just saying there's a grassroots campaign apparently trying to keep Bishop open but I don't know. It's going to take a lot, a lot of effort and a lot of money to be able to do so. I've been seeing reports of that. I know they want to hold on to that, but I'm very certain Wheeling Central will hold on and absorb Bishop Donahue for next year. Craig Dutton, WRRR Radio in St. Mary's. Always a pleasure, Craig. Hey, thanks for having me on tonight. I appreciate it. And busy evening. Looking forward to the state tournament games <laughs> next week and the following week. Hey, you're only on hold for 38 minutes. Bo's been on hold for an hour That's or two problem. and a half hours right now, right? He's not, and he's I, I've even, been spoiled the last few weeks, you know? I had to wait I have to wait every so often. As long as we entertain <laughs> you while you're waiting, it's all good. Yes, very much. I always enjoy listening to the program, guys. There you go. That's Craig Dutton of URRR Radio in St. Mary's. I got it out of him there at the end. But nonetheless, <laughs> we'll stop aside, take a break. When we come back, Sam Blizzard, WELD Radio in Hardy County. He'll talk about the Pendleton County, Tucker County boys game and... We will also be joined by Brian Helton, head coach of Greater Beckley Christian. That's when basketball Friday night in West Virginia returns here on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Join us on Twitter. Follow us at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. And Marcus Constantino has Periscope going. So if you go to at hoops underscore roundup, you get to watch the show too. Thank you to all of the new followers. New followers just tonight. Jay Leap at dare underscore bear underscore 143 Ryan Ward, Trevor Rager, Kane Maroon, Garrett Foggin, Miss Michelle Peritage, Claire, Jesse Ivey, Madeline Ledigate, Kelly Sammons, Eleven, Lori Reynolds, Ray Blake, Violet Dempsey, Shawnee Underwood, Jamie Vest, Jonathan Tolliver, FCA National Attorney, Nancy Simmons Cutlip, Shane, Shane at 175-7870, and Jesse Pulling. They all joined the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family, and we really appreciate that. Thanks to everyone that sends us tweets, texts, scores, and comments on your game. And we'd like to hear from you. Call us toll-free, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, find out how you can connect with the show at basketballnight.com. And also, check out all the pictures we're featuring tonight, a whole bunch of them, about 150, I think. Send them to us, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. And Joe Lindell. Eleven <laughs> twenty on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Joe, I'm working behind the scenes <laughs> with great effort to make sure. I know that. By the time you get my name, you'll kick me off the set. <laughs> yeah, Bill Cornwall will be back next week. That's no, right. Uh, no, Joe, we, we do greatly appreciate it. And we don't want you to feel bad. Like, or, like we're just like overlooking you. Seriously, like you, you do a whole lot for this program. You're a big part of the family. And once you're part of the family here, you don't you're get always, out. You're right. It just keeps getting deeper. <laughs> the family grows. The family it's like grows. being in the mafia, Joe. There's only two ways out. Uh, okay. You're in. <laughs> You're, You're in. in. <laughs> Says Maroon, which sounds very Italian. Very t- Shh. Yeah, okay. Uh, nonetheless, hey, back on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. And earlier tonight, Greater Beckley Christian, the Crusaders, defeated Summers County 49-46 in boys basketball. That means that Greater Beckley Christian will host a regional game next week. We'll talk with um, their head coach in just a moment. But right now, I want to go to Sam Blizzard, WELD Radio in Hardy County. He had the Pendleton County-Tucker County boys basketball game tonight. That was a game that a lot of folks were looking forward to. Could Pinco overcome Tucker County? And the answer tonight was no. A very good game, though. 61-53, Tucker County gets the win. Sam Blizzard, great ball game, but uh, Tucker County coming out victorious. Yeah, it was uh, played down at Kaiser High School tonight, Ryan, and uh, 
I don't think anybody left disappointed. I mean, Pendleton County folks may have been disappointed that they lost, but uh, quite a ball game tonight. The two teams had split the two regular season meetings, and uh, we all figured this was going to be another good one, and uh, we sure were not disappointed. Um, Tucker County got a few uh, free throws there towards the end to uh, ice the game, but uh, pretty much a back-and-forth affair the whole way. It's not over for Pendleton County either, as that we still have that right. – that opportunity for the sectional championship game loser to advance. They will play in the regional game. They go to Notre Dame, who is very good too. So that's a tough, that's a tough opponent for the Wildcats. And uh, this group that was, you know, had a nice little run in football is still alive here in the postseason in basketball. And again, you know, Notre Dame highly thought of, but that's why you go play the game on any given night, right? That's exactly right. Um... You know, these uh, young men, if uh, they get hot, especially from three-point land, uh, they can give them a shot, I think. Uh, have uh, three or four good uh, long-range shooters, and I, I think they might be able to get it done. have not seen Notre Dame. Of course, everybody knows how uh, how good they are, but it uh, should be an interesting ball game. That should be a great ball game coming up next Thursday, and um, Sam for Tucker County getting the, the win and getting a home game. I, I think Tucker County might be one of the most advantageous um, home teams. And what I mean by that is the school is located on top of a mountain above Parsons. Uh, I mean, it, it's like a vertical climb up there. You actually do get a little altitude <laughs> issue there at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere there, but uh, they uh, sure do love their basketball out there. Uh, interesting. I talked to the athletic director Dave Powell here a few weeks back. He said this is the first time that he can remember they actually got all their regular season games in due to the weather. But, uh, you know, mild winter, we got them all in this year. Sam Blizzard talking weather. <laughs> I love it, by the way. I, and I know you've never heard that no, before, of so not. I'm, I'm not original. I don't pretend to be. But, uh, Sam, always a pleasure, and I uh, look forward to uh, talking basketball again next week because I think Pendleton County and Notre Dame will be worth talking about regardless. Yep. And one more thing, Ryan, Petersburg, another team we cover, uh, they are still in, uh, going for the sectional championship at Philip Barber tomorrow evening. That should also be a very good game. Pendleton County, or excuse me, uh, Philip Barber, highly thought of ball club uh, this season, and Petersburg, a, a traditionally good team also. Sam Blizzard, thanks so much. WLD Radio. Right now we go right back to the phones and Brian Helton, head coach of Greater Beckley Christians Boys, the Crusaders, getting a win tonight over Summers County in the sectional championship game and coach helton that means a home game for your ball club coming up here in a little less than a week yeah it sure does thanks for having me on you guys do a great job i really always enjoy listening to the program and and you're right we're real excited to have that home court advantage for our regional next thursday i greatly appreciate the, the I always appreciate when, when people listen in and, uh, and are familiar with us before we get in touch with them. And in this case, Coach, um, when you look at your, your ball clubs, just uh, you know, just from a raw record standpoint, 12 and 11, that doesn't necessarily stick out. We know that you know, there, there's been some kids who have gone back into the public school system in that area to join Woodrow Wilson over the past few years. But Greater Beckley Christian has been to Charleston before, and I know you've got some kids on that ball club that that would really like to get back. And is this a team that 
maybe at this point might be overachieving a little bit? Um, I don't know if overachieving is the right word or not. Um, we, we're a really young team. We have, we have two juniors on the roster, zero seniors, and uh, just really one junior that plays a lot of varsity. So really we're playing night in and night out. We're playing um, eight or nine freshmen and sophomores combination. And, you know, we, we won four games last year after going to the state tournament three years in a row. And you're right, we had, we had personnel changes. And uh, these, these ninth and tenth graders have grown up real fast and continue to make a lot of progress. We're real happy with the improvement uh, they've had going on. One of our sophomores, Jay Moore, is averaging 20 points a game. We've got another sophomore, Orlando Potter, that's averaging around 14. And then we have several kids, ninth and tenth graders, that are averaging somewhere in the you know, the six to ten range. So it's really been a great team effort and a bunch of young guys playing with a lot of enthusiasm, and we've just continued to get better all year. Well, on the other side of the region, it was uh, Fayetteville remaining undefeated on the season with a 60-39 to victory over Valley Fayette tonight. So you get the Greyhounds uh, coming into Beckley next week. And Coach Helton, we certainly wish you and the Crusaders all the best of luck as you try to get that ball club back to Charleston. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to it. Valley's a very good team and play with a lot of energy, and they're well coached. And uh, we, you know, we we are excited to have them coming coming to our court and have a good home court advantage next next Thursday. All right, thank you very much. That's Brian Helton, head coach at Greater Beckley Christian. We go right back to the phones to Mike Parrish. He is the head coach of the North Marion Huskies, the girls basketball team there as they are going back to the state tournament this time's a three seed to take on number six polka wednesday uh, excuse me thursday morning at nine thirty. coach Parrish, first off congratulations on a return trip to charleston uh, thank you it's good to get back coach you come out of a very difficult uh section and region and um a ball club that uh we were talking a little bit earlier about this is a your program tends to reload on a year-in, year-out basis. How are you able to keep that team and that program at such a consistent level? Well, we had that championship run. All these you know, kids that are playing now grew up watching these kids play. And uh, we got some people that uh, got these younger girls going around playing travel ball, getting together since we have four feeder schools. So obviously, you know, most of them get together and play together. And by the time they get to high school, they're gelling and know how everyone's going. And it's been a big part of our success. North Marion High School, obviously, uh, again, girls basketball has been tremendous there over the years. And uh, going up against Polka coming up uh, here on Thursday. And Polka, a team that has not been to the state tournament in in 18 years. Uh, A little bit of a different matchup. And I'm looking back through past Cardinal Conference Big Ten matchups. I don't believe you've played them in any of those. So a new opponent when you get to Charleston. Well, we played them last year in the regular season, and we played them the year before that, too. So, so I was wrong. Familiar, I apologize. Uh, some, some, some of the older girls. We didn't play them in the Big Ten Cardinal. We played them in uh, just regular season games. That, uh, we went down there the year before last, and then they came up here and played us last year. That'll, so te- we're, that'll we're teach me to presume. In the play. <laughs> I was going to say, that'll teach me to presume to just look in the Big Ten Cardinal <laughs> matchups instead of just looking through the entire regular season. But... Um, and, Coach, I did want to mention, too, about this North Marion Ball Club. Um, the sectional championship game, a one-point loss to Fairmont Senior. And, and we were talking with 
Coach Beckman at East Fairmont. And one of the things that he talked to us about was it was hard just to win the county to try to get to a state yeah. tournament berth. And I know you came up short in that game, but still into a state uh, tournament, and now everybody's reset. Um, tell me what you think about this field from what you're seeing as a whole, or are you just one track, nothing but polka? Uh, we, we go up to poker, try to take it one game at a time, get that 9.30 early game again. And the last four years we've had that, and we come up on the wrong end of it. So we're trying to hopefully that turns around for us this year. Uh, as far as the field, uh, we've played all the teams that's in the field except for Polk and Winfield. I think on any given night, any of those teams could beat one another if it could be an upset or just, uh, like I say, it's real. comes down to who shows up to play when you get there. Hey, Coach. Coach Marone here. Uh, one of the, the teams missing this year, obviously, Wyoming East. Uh, they went through, uh, obviously, some injuries and some other things. But they also, uh, out of that Region 3, uh, got knocked off by Westside, who then turned around and fell to Riverview. So with the uh, defending champion out of there and, uh, you know, your team, as you mentioned, has struggled a bit in that early game, how important is it to try and find a way to get through a tough poker team and break through to that next level so uh, your girls can maybe uh, take their experience and then move it to the semifinals? Well, we got five seniors on the team and uh, four have been with us all four years. They've been part of three of those uh, first-round losses and I'm sure they, that's something they don't want to experience again, and hopefully they step it up and uh, be senior leaders for us this year to help us get over the hump. And then get past that first game, anything can happen. Coach Mike Parrish of the North Marion Huskies. They are the number three seed in Class AA and take on Polka Thursday morning at 9.30. Coach Parrish, congratulations on making it back, and we wish you and the Huskies the best of luck. All right, thanks a lot. Keep up the good work. I appreciate that. Right now, we'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, our resident referee is in the house, and we'll bring him on set. Yep, he's been teeing up people all over the place around our studio, just waiting to get in. He's been pounding on the door. We're going to unlock it, let Bo Anderson in in just a moment when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and we'll share the voting results with you. Last week, we asked you this question. Should sectional opponents be required to play each other in the regular season? 68% of you said yes. This week's question. Should sectional championship games within the same region be played at the same time yes or no go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll you'll see the poll question on the right hand side of the page you've got till 11 45 tonight so not much longer we'll share the results at the end of tonight's show we want you to send us pictures too send your pictures and we'll feature them in our video stream send them to us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. You can also send them to the RSN Sports Facebook page. We'd like to get all the photographs you've got from the games throughout the Mountain State so we can feature them. Many places that you can watch the show and, of course, listen to the show, too. 
You can watch the show on Network West Virginia Channel 2 statewide. RSN Sports Facebook page, Facebook Live. Go to Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. You can see us on Periscope. If you're in the tri-state area, Huntington, West Virginia, Armstrong Cable, Channel 204, Comcast Cable, Channel 25. And go to basketballnight.com, and you can click to watch on YouTube. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. It's 11.34 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Lenville, joined now by our resident referee, Bo Anderson. I went too fast, sir. Okay, we're joined now by our resident referee, Bo Anderson. <laughs> You know, I trick them sometimes and go so fast they don't. There we go. I just wanted to give him the silent. Yeah, yeah, there we go. There's our resident referee, Bo Anderson, as he joins us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in studio tonight. Bo, thanks for joining us. Hey, uh, can I get another whistle? No. There we go. Hey, uh, Chris Kidd, that's a technical on these guys for you tonight because you had to wait not quite as long as me, but almost. Yeah, yeah, it it was was getting there. Hey, earlier this week I posted a picture, and I don't want to talk about the school. The school's not important as to where where it was, who it was, whatever. But the picture clearly showed there were people underneath the basket – while a team was shooting free throws in a postseason game. And they were actually between the official on the baseline and the basket at the point that the picture was taken. And my question for you, Bo, is from an officiating standpoint, from an administrative standpoint, what are the rules pertaining to where people can be who are not a part of the game during game action? I'm talking about they're out of the stands on the floor uh, on the baseline there. Um and who is in control of keeping them out of the way? Well, obviously, any time that we as officials uh, think something is interfering with the game, we can take care of that uh, and would go to administration to do so, um, you know, as far as being under the basket goes. Now, there's some places I go that have bleachers that are actually under the basket, and there's not a whole lot you can do about that. But if, if we think that someone's interfering with the game, or you know there being a distraction as far as a little bit more outside of what the game is meant to be, then we can actually have administration. Hopefully, a lot of times we'd like to think administration will take care of it before we have to. But in some cases, uh, you know, we may see it before they do, or maybe they're busy doing something out. You know, there's a lot of scenarios there. But you know, any time that we see uh, somebody who is uh, out of line, or if they're in some area that's going to interfere with our game we've got to take care of it question number two i'm ready (laughs) when a when a player gets blood on his jersey obviously has to change jerseys does that player is he required to go to the locker room yes that that you have to get to the locker room or get out of sight to change your jersey yes that's a uh, technical foul if you change your uniform on the bench 
Uh, they're, they're not allowed to take their jersey off. Even though it's blood, they've got to get to the locker room. They've got to change jerseys in the locker room. You just made a lot of fans happy because there was no technical. The official called the timeout, told him he had to go change the jersey. And he went over to his coach, and he was walking, going toward the dressing room. But one of the players of his team jerked his jersey off, and by the time he got to the end of the bench, changed jerseys right there in front of a jam-packed gymnasium, no whistle. Well, you know, I don't, I can't answer for why a whistle, why not a whistle. I just know that I'm stating the rule, you know, necessarily. You know, maybe the guys or the officials didn't see it, or maybe. Oh, they saw you, it. You know, well, <laughs> it was obvious. They I saw mean, it. you know, it's, it's one of those things where uh, technically that's a technical. Right. It, 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 under the uh, uh, player technicals in the uh, Rule 10, you will see that as one of the technicals, removing the jersey. Uh, they got to get out of sight to do that somewhere. Yeah, there was a lot of fans screaming, go to the locker room while he was doing it, and the, and the officials, you know. Well, you know, and, and here again, we're talking kids are going to be kids. They're right. not thinking. Probably a lot of people there didn't know the rule, and therefore, you know, I, I mean, that's one of those things where, uh, you know, it's kind of tough because, you know, he's trying to get that off, trying to hurry up and get changed so he can hopefully get back in the game. And, you know, it's a tough situation, but, yes, by rule, that is a technical foul. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in most situations like that, which that, that's not a, a you know, a, a sportsman-like, an unsportsman-like thing, an official will generally try to help them follow that rule by saying you, you have to go to the locker room versus being like, oh, gotcha, technical. Right. Right, uh, you know, you know, technicals and things like that. That yes, they're part of the rule book. Yes, they're part of the game. But having to do with winning and losing the game, I think that's the key thing. Uh, yes, it's part of the rule book. But did his jersey being taken off to get another jersey on give anybody two points? Uh, or did it defend somebody from getting two points? No. Uh, I mean, we have to do some things by the rules just simply because. And, of course, obviously the Federation doesn't want kids out there taking their shirts off or, or you know, changing clothes in front of everybody, which, you know, that's part of it. Uh, and there's also a part in there where if they take their jersey out of their pants in resentment whenever they're going off the court or out on the floor, that can be unsporting as well. That's more for the technical that, that I would agree with. But, you know, you, you know, kids are going to be kids. I mean, they're going to, you know, he wants to hurry up, get back in the game. Obviously, he was in the game. He's got blood on him. And uh, the quickest way to do it is just to get it changed right there. And, you know, I mean, that, like I say, it's a rule, but sometimes uh, – uh, it might get overlooked once in a while in those scenarios. Bose, everybody's home gym isn't the same. Um, there are some gymnasiums where quarters are tight. That's just how things are. And you, you get situations where you might have, say, a wall. One, it's close to the court. But two, it also limits the area where you can put a bench I know benches are supposed to remain between the hash marks toward the baseline, but some places you can't, you wouldn't have enough space to put anyone. What happens in those gyms? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you have to play the games. Uh, it, it's up to, you know, especially at this point in time of the tournament, the coaches have voted on in the sectionals that they're going to give the higher seed the home gym. And therefore, there's some situations where, you know, you're going to have to play the game. You know, I've been in a lot of tight gyms. You know, fortunately, all these new ones. Now, I was in a nice gym Wednesday night, which had plenty of room. 
And, uh, you know, it's nice to have a lot of room as an official, but I've been in some, actually there's an old gym that's no longer played in in Ohio that the out-of-bounds line, both the sideline and the inline, ran up onto a step. Okay? So it was still, that corner of that step was technically still in bounds. So, and they have a gym where the, they had the, uh, restraining line and the restraining line actually when someone made a basket if someone had the ball in their hand they were actually behind the line well enough they could just go ahead and take it out of bounds and uh you know it, it i've been in tighter gyms than some of them that are around here so i mean i know the situation it's tough on the players it's tough on you know the coaches don't have any room to use their coaches box it's tough on the players uh, some things is is really difficult and it's hard to play in a small gym it's really hard to referee in a small gym it really is because you can't get the position that you need to get to try to make the best call you can make I've played in gyms when I was in grade school that, I mean, literally the walls were like six inches off the line, you know, so it it can make it pretty tough. I, I played in a middle school gym once that had two half court lines, which we joke about that being so old, <laughs> but that's that those are still around. Uh, yeah, now I haven't had one in a while, but I, whenever I started officiating, there was a local middle school that had uh, the uh, two half court lines. And the rule, by the way, on that is it's the first one you come to as <laughs> your back court line. So actually in that gym, you take the ball out of bounds and you go just a touch past the head of the key and there's the line well you're done you're in your front court now and uh so uh you know it's pretty odd but i I remember working in one of those courts before and um you you know it's tough to work in a tight gym period well the only my only thought and this is not really for the officials at your level bo and this is something for another day probably for a higher people above our pay grade obviously but to me, your regional and sectional tournament under all guys is an extension of the state tournament. I mean, under no circumstance. So to me, the regulations for courts and all other game administration should be the same. I mean, and that, that's just my personal opinion, but it's all an extension of the state tournament. So, that, again, that's not for you. That You can agree, disagree, or whatever. But to me, wherever you're playing across the mountain state, if you're playing in a sectional tournament, that's a part of the state tournament. I mean, you know, and I I probably was fortunate I wasn't here last week because one of the questions that I would have thrown out at the regional level is where proceeds and a lot of things go to the SSAC from the regional level on up. Sectionals do not. They're dispersed between the schools. I feel that's part of the reason the regulations for court, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it should all be uniform from the state all the way to that first game. Those kids playing in those first sectional games should be in just the same environment. So that's my editorial. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, before they started this, uh, allowing the loser of the sectional to continue on in the sectional championship to continue under a regional Uh, It used to be that the regional sites were assigned, and it didn't matter who was playing. For many years, I've worked the tournaments, and, you know, maybe it's um, Wyoming East and uh, Westside, let's say just an example, playing in a regional game, but that regional game's at Princeton High School. Um, You know, the state used to uh, mandate where that was going to be. That's like right now. Um, you know, I'm going to be working in the tournament this week in, in, in a regional somewhere, and I just got to wait and see where that regional is. 
whereas in past tense, I already knew what what gym I was going to. So it's one of those things. I mean, you know, uh, this is a tight state, and there's some tight gyms in this state. Well, I agree with you, and, and we've played in many at neutral sites. I understand that would be ones that are already approved by the state. But if you read the SAC manual, it says that if a sectional game is at a higher-seeded team, that gym must meet the regulations. I'm assuming they're talking about their own. If not, they can choose the nearest gym that does meet it. I just don't know. If you put in your manual that it has to meet the regulations, I'm assuming they're talking about their regulations, which would be all the things that have been talked about. But, again, that's for another day. Well, fortunately for me, I don't have to <laughs> referee that. <laughs> I've got to referee the well, game. Well, I'm on the state well, coaches <laughs> committee, and I will be addressing and, and, and let me bring up one point here before we let you go, and this one isn't necessarily right for Bo, but you all will understand this. Um, not all courts are the same length, although there are different lengths that are allowed for regulation. It's just they're, they're not all the same length of the Charleston Civic Center, for instance. Well, for a briefing, uh, the regulation size court is 84 by 50. Uh, any gym that you go to now has the college size for any of the new gyms. So that'd be Heinzen High, Spring Valley, Cabell Midland, just to give you examples. Those are 94 by 50. And then actually, for the double half court line to occur, it can be 74 by 50, or maybe even less than that. So that's what you have. You have the college length is 94 by 50. The ideal high school floor is 84 by 50. And uh, that's, you know, that's what they need to go by when they design these places. But then again, you know, not everything's designed the same. Bo Anderson, always a pleasure. And, uh Hopefully you don't have to use the whistle too much next week. <laughs> ah, well, I'm go- there we go. I'm going to try not to and, uh, you know, just hope to have a smooth game wherever I go. And I, I, this is the time of year that the officials look forward to it, too, because, you know, we enjoy working those games. It was a great game I had the other night, and we really enjoy the whole thing. But uh, certainly appreciate it, and I enjoy it, guys. That's our resident referee, Bo Anderson. We'll be right back with Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal and our poll question wrap up this edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia when we return here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including the all-new 92.5 FM WTHMLP Ravenswood, Ripley, 94 Rock WRLF in Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM WYRCLP in Spencer, 104.5 FM WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 101.1 FM WVWPLP in Wayne. Knights Radio 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn. Talk Radio WRNR in Martinsburg. 106.7 FM WHFI in Linside. 95 The Sports Fox WBS Charleston 950 AM. 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW in Logan. Light Rock 93R WRRR. St. Mary's 93.9 FM, 90.7 FM WFGA Fort Gay, WMTD The Ticket 102.3 in Hinton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP in Edmond, Beckley, 
101.7 FM WYAPLP in Clay and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers, you can find us on Network West Virginia Channel 2 statewide. You can also find us on Armstrong Cable Channel 204, Comcast Channel 25. We're on Facebook Live, RSN Sports Facebook page. Go to Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup and you'll find us on Periscope. High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 11.50 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville. Marquez Davila joins us now with our BasketballNight.com poll. Yes, Ryan, our poll for this past week was uh, should sectional championship games with the same region be played at the exact same time? We had a, uh, a landslide in the votes. 80% said yes, 20% said no. And uh, this week's poll question we have uh, should be should the requirements be the same to host sectionals and regionals for both the boys and the girls games? That poll question will be posted on basketballnight.com. And, and Joe, what that's getting at is seating um you know making sure that the seating requirements are the same for both boys and girls because joe right now they're, they're not, not they're not in 2017 there's a difference and there is and it and it could make a difference in in you know where you play the game how things are seated and so forth so i agree they should be the same my personal opinion and while you're there joe just go ahead and start the the basketballnight.com scoreboard real fast <laughs> Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. These are all sectional finals starting out with AAA. Wheeling Park down Brook tonight, 68-35. University beat the Mohegans of Morgantown, 56-33. Martinsburg, the Bulldogs down the Musselman Appleman tonight, 59-56. It was the Cougars of Jefferson winning tonight over the Washington Patriots, 62-54. Capital, the Cougars out of Charleston, defeated George Washington, 62-45. Woodrow Wilson defeated Greenbrier East, 64-42. Parkersburg, the Big Reds, fell to Parkersburg South tonight, 67-64. And it was the Huntington Highlanders defeating Hurricane tonight, 52-44. Double-A sectional championship games. Fairmont Senior defeats North Marion, 94-44. It was Herbert Hoover over Lewis County, 50-43. Chapmanville Regional routes Mingo Central, 62-37. Also in Class Single A tonight, Magnolia upsets St. Mary's, 49-47. That game in Middleburn at Tyler Consolidated High School. Notre Dame defeats Gilmer County, 61-54. Tucker County beats Pendleton County, 61-53. Greater Beckley Christian over Summers County, 49-46. Ravenswood over Parkersburg Catholic, 54-48. And Huntington St. Joe defeats Tug Valley, 66-61. And that is your BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. You can go to at hoops underscore roundup or BasketballNight.com for all the scores. We go back to the phone lines because right now, a little bit later than normal, it is cause time. Greg Kozlowski of the Marksburg Journal. I'm a midnight toker. <laughs> Get my loving on the run. 
Mike, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Good evening, gentlemen. It must be getting to be a long season because I think that song was played for me like five or six weeks ago. <laughs> we're, we're, we're into repeats now. Come on. Well, yeah. It's been a busy <laughs> evening. <laughs> Rick, tonight. Martin's hey, by the by the way, I just wanted to I just wanted to say that uh, I absolutely loved the pink bow tie that uh, Mr. <laughs> Pullman was wearing tonight. Yeah, yeah, Mark Mark has really put us to shame here with our uh, attire tonight. All right, that's all we need, Rick. Thanks. No. <laughs> Next one. Oh, okay, well, hey, it's been a wonderful <laughs> evening. Lovely, lovely, lovely time. Hey, how about Martin's How are you guys? Time? Hey, we're doing great, doing great. And this is a, you know, a fantastic time of year as we turn into March. Um, you know, we had 70 degrees early Wednesday morning, which is never good this time of year because we had some torrential downpours. There were 100-mile-per-hour winds about – 20 minutes to the west of our broadcast location here tonight on the campus of Marshall University and uh, over in Ashland, Kentucky. 100-mile-per-hour winds. Rough one over there. But, um, you know, now it was snowing today, of course. But uh, we're not here to talk weather, Rick. We're here to talk basketball. Martinsburg picked up a big win over Musselman tonight and uh, a host for the Bulldogs uh, next week in a game that, as we talked about earlier, um, maybe if Martinsburg and Musselman both make it to the state tournament, that win tonight helps Martinsburg get a better seed than the Appleman come state tournament time. Well, I think that's uh, that's all debatable. But I think uh, Martinsburg has the name recognition, and I think that plays heavily into how coaches, when they vote, decide for whom they are going to vote. For instance, I look at the the girls' tournament and Spring Mills, which is making its first appearance in Charleston next week, received a number eight seed. And I think Wheeling Park got a, a number six. Is that correct off the top of anybody's head? Yes, that is correct. But, yes, uh, in a uh, matchup between those two teams, Spring Mills beat Wheeling Park this year. So uh, Spring Mills is kind of the mystery team. Wheeling Park has more of a name recognition. And I think you're, you will see that same thing uh, throughout the, the tournament. You know, what teams have the name recognition? Martinsburg has that name because they've been to Charleston so many times. Musselman, while while they've been, the Appleman have been there the last two seasons, haven't been there as frequently. So, yes, that uh, Martinsburg certainly has an opportunity to get a better seed than Musselman, despite the uh, records, which Mus- Martinsburg is sixteen and eight, and Musselman is twenty and four. I know that's been a hot point of contention in uh, in the Eastern Panhandle. And Rick, before I let you go, and I'm sorry that we were a little bit short tonight on. Uh, time. Uh, well, that's because, that's because Bo was just blowing his whistle all night long, <laughs> stopping the action. Yeah, yeah, and nonstop, still going at it strong. By the way, uh, but I did want to say, Rick, that I found your column on the state wrestling tournament fascinating, a good perspective, and a must-read for anyone out there. Well, I appreciate you uh, reading that, and I appreciate you saying that. 
It's Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal. We get serious occasionally, and uh, that, that would be a, an opportunity. Again, just read it, whether you agree or disagree. Just read it. I think it's interesting. I want to real fast, uh, if you go to basketballnight.com, you will see all the girls' state tournament action. We'll be there in some form or fashion through most of the tournament. Come by, say hello uh, to us on Press Row, and, unless you get escorted out by security. Um, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, boys regional games for next week i want to rattle through these real fast single a st mary's goes to willing central madonna goes to magnolia also in single a in region two notre dame will host pendleton county while gilmer county goes to tucker county also in boys action region three class a summers county at fayetteville valley fayette at greater beckley christian region four tug valley at ravenswood parkersburg catholic at st joe double a Final tomorrow in sectional play between Philip Barber and Petersburg. The winner will host North Mary, and the loser goes to Fairmont Senior. Lincoln will host Lewis County, while Robert C. Bird heads to Herbert Hoover. West Side and Wyoming East play tomorrow. The winner hosts Shady Spring. The loser goes to Bluefield. Polka and Winfield play tomorrow. The winner goes to will host um, Mingo Central. The loser goes to Chapmanville, and in Triple A. It will be Wheeling Park hosting Morgantown. University will host Brook. Martinsburg goes will host, excuse me, Washington. Musselman goes to Jefferson. Capital hosts Greenbrier East. George Washington goes to Woodrow Wilson. Parkersburg goes to Huntington. And Hurricane goes to Parkersburg South. He did it. Boom. <laughs> Mike drop, except for we're not going to drop these mics. They're too nice. That'll do it for this edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For everyone in the back behind the scenes to do so much fantastic work for us. For Rick Marone and for Joe Limble, I'm Ryan Epling. Thanks for listening. Back next week. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.